going on everybody I'm back again for the organic takeover we've got smiley's garden here and uh we got uh josh from uh bioag so how you doing tonight josh i'm doing real good how you doing good man doing really good i'm excited to have you on dude i'm, I'm a really big fan of uh dr faust and and the work he's done some of the uh i guess the most interesting stuff i've ever come across is when you like in the organic world is when you start diving into like the whole humic acids and full organic acid world you know mm -hmm. so I, I really appreciate that uh you coming on to kind of have some conversation with it so. hey no problem man you know i've been uh, uh you know a huge proponent of uh, using humic acids and fulvic acids for years you know it was one of the first uh, little tricks i learned years ago working at a grow store in my early 20s you know, someone was nice enough to show me a couple of tricks with uh, some foliar sprays and I was hooked, you know, and I, I've been using uh, some variation thereof ever since, you know, back then it was all hydro, you know, back, uh, you know, in the early 2000s, late 90s, everything was hydroponics, you know, that's, you know, that's all we did, you know, uh, uh, you know, there were a couple of soil guys around, you know, but that was, uh, you know, it seemed like uh, where my store was, it was kind of the, the line in between, uh, you know, everywhere north you found more hydroponics and the further south you went, the more soil you found because it was easier to grow outside. You know, uh, uh, you know, I'm right at the 45th parallel uh, in Oregon. So, you know, it all depends on that year. Sometimes it's nice and dry and you'll get a nice good harvest outside. And sometimes that rain comes early in September and all you get in the harvest is mold. You know, uh, you know, it's just the, the luck of the dice. Luckily, it's, it's been drier later lately, but, uh, you know, that isn't necessarily a great thing. You know, uh, you know, we need that rain, you know, but uh, at the same time, you know, it's nice that it's a, a little bit drier and everything's finishing a, a you know, a little bit uh, a better than it once was. But, uh, uh, but no. yeah, man, uh, you know, I was uh, lucky enough to meet uh, uh, Dr. Faust. Uh, uh, he was uh, one of my customers at my store. You know, he was a, a medical marijuana patient and uh, uh, I was actually getting humic and fulvic acid from a company in Canada and uh, it showed up at my store and it had gone bad before it had showed up at my store, either in the warehouse or, you know, they just sent me old stock, but because it crossed the border, I couldn't send it back to Canada. You know, and it, you know, Bob had uh, uh, just walked in my store when this had happened and I was complaining about it. And he's like, Hey man, I sell that to farmers in 50 gallon drums. I'm like, Hey man, throw in some quarts and gallons. Let's start selling it. You know, that was like in 2006, you okay. know, and we were the, I was the first hydro store and the first guy to ever sell it to the cannabis community before that it was just available through ag, you know, in fact, most of almost everything we sell uh, with very few exceptions with the sub of our new products. And they all came in 50 gallon uh, drums and uh, you know, uh, 50 pound bags before they came in quarts and gallons. That was for sure. Yeah. That's what's cool. Like, I, I mean, like when you talk about something coming from the ag world, it's gotta be cost effective and it's gotta work, you know what I mean? So something like that is kind of a, a big signal in my mind, like, Hey, it, you oh, know, yeah. this is popular for a reason too, you know? So. Oh yeah. You know, and, uh, and the big thing is, you know, ag pricing, you know, the, the pricing that has been uh, available to cannabis farmers for the last, you know, 30 years has been ridiculous. You know, it's been a continuous line of snake oil, you know, and, uh, you know, $300 bottles of mystery stuff that usually boils down to the same three ingredients, you know, some sort of humic, some sort of seaweed and some sort of silica, you know, and, uh, you know, and you can buy them usually separately cheaper, you know, or you can find, a, you know, a nice, uh, uh, you know, readily available source, you know, of, of any one of those uh, combinations, you know, in a high quality from a company that makes those specific products, you know, okay. like BioEgg. 
You know, I mean, if you go to a company that makes fertilizer, you know, they'll make some good biostimulants, but you know, their deal is fertilizer, not biostimulants. You know, if you want something specific, go to someone who does something specific. So speaking of that, like, what, how would you define the difference between a, a fertilizer and a biostimulant? Uh, the big difference, uh, well, uh, the fertilizer is uh, uh, got, uh, uh, you know, usually uh, several of your uh, more than two of your uh, macronutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, and usually an array of micronutrients, where most biostimulants have, if they have any fertilizer value, it's usually just micronutrients or one of those three uh, 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 fertilizer values of micronutrients. Like a good example is uh, amino acids. You know, a lot of amino acids have got a good nitrogen uh, content to them, you know, but they have a similar effect that humic and fulvic acids do in that they catalyze certain types of fertilizers and make them more available with that fertilizer value. You know, plus they're very easy to add uh, 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 micronutrients to, you know, so it's very easy to have uh, an amino that's got calcium in it. It's very easy to have an amino that has uh, boron or copper or manganese, you know, those are very easy to put together. And then it's very easy to blend those together for a specific blend, you know, like the multi-amino uh, uh, that uh, we just came out with, where it's a, a micronutrients blend that's a, a based, uh, that is a soybean uh, hydrolyslate based uh, uh, micronutrients supplement, you know, but it's not a fertilizer. It doesn't have, you can't just grow a plant with only it, you know, it's used with a fertilizer to make it more efficient, you know, or to uh, reduce or uh, prevent a, 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 a deficiency. You know, but it just depends on how you're trying to use it. You know, uh, a lot of organic farmers like to use those micronutrient tinctures as uh, bloom, bloom boosters and bloom builders, especially at the beginning of flowering. You know, if you uh, add micronutrients, especially at the beginning of flowering with organic flowers, you know, you can reduce the amount of yellowing you have in your uh, third and fourth week and get a much harder and larger flower set than without it. Your micronutrients needs tend to double and triple uh, for that first two to three weeks of flowering. And if you can supplement that with either humic acids and micronutrients or amino acids and micronutrients, you can get a lot better flower set, be that through foliar spray or through the root zone, or if you can, a little bit of both. I like, you know, if I can, I like to do a little bit of both, you know, that way, you know, I'm not putting too much of one in either way. And if I can foliar spray, I find it, I use a lot less to get a lot further. You know, yeah, I'd much rather foliar spray silica than spray than water it on my plants, but I like to do a little bit of both, you know, but it just depends on, you know, what I'm trying to do and, you know, what type of uh, soil I'm dealing with. Yeah, so that's interesting. That So those aren't even listed as a fertilizer then, even in the amino acid forms? And uh, it just depends on what state you're in as far as it being listed as a fertilizer. You know, sometimes that gets a little complicated, but, uh, but as far as I know, it, it does have a fertilizer value to it. You know, so it does have nitrogen, you know, so it does have, uh, uh, you know, a lot of good N in there, but you'd still want to use it as a piece of a fertilizer program. Okay. You, know, you wouldn't want to use it by itself. You know, uh, my favorite way to use biostimulants in an organic fashion is with a highly amended soil, you know, where I've got all my good stuff in my soil and I'm taking different types of biostimulants to pull the right stuff out at the right time to give me the effect I'm looking for. You know, so I'm going to use fulvic acid a little bit all the time, and that's going to build me bigger roots and bigger stalks in my bedroom. You know, I'm also going to use humic acid because that's going to add carbon to my soil and it's going to help feed uh, my micronutrients and it's going to help hold the nitrogen in it so it's not being leached away as I water my plants. So you know? 
but I only used my uh, humic acid in my bedroom because it's such a slow burn and it takes a while for it to really do its thing. You know, I only use that in, in really in veg and very early flower, <clears throat> you know, uh, you know, I particularly like using it with my uh, compost teas. That's my favorite place to use uh, my humic acid, you know, is uh, uh, when I'm fortifying a, a, a compost tea that I like to use at least every 10 days in my, in my garden. Gotcha. So let's rewind this a little bit. What, mm -hmm. when you talk about, when you mentioned humic and fulvic, and those are terms we've all heard before, and a lot of people talk about them all the time, but, mm -hmm. but I'd like to kind of get, break it down. Like what, how do you describe the difference in them and like oh, what you look that's for? very simple uh you know uh, uh the simple analogy there is uh think of it like diesel and gas humic acid is the natural form it's the it's the diesel fuel you know uh, fulvic acid is extracted from it you know so most you know all good humic acid has got a fraction of fulvic in it you know, like our uh, humic acid, the stuff that we sell at BioAg is like anywhere from 30 to 40% fulvic acid in the humic acid. You know, whereas some humic acids, when they manufacture it, they separate those two and they sell them separately. We don't do that. We make one for humic and then we have a different uh, a source to do our fulvic. You know, and uh, those are for, you know, done in two separate ways. You know, one, you know, our fulvic is a cold process, you know, and it's very, very different than, you know, how we make our uh, our dry uh, humates, you know, yeah. uh, but one, uh, uh, you know, whereas with the humic acid, you do get some fulvic in there, but primarily you get a lot more of the other stuff, you know, that helps uptake the micronutrients and the little bits of uh, uh, stuff. That's the, really the big difference is this is going to condition the soil and help with micronutrients and it's going to help hold the soil together where the fulvic, the extract of it, it's going to more focus on uh, uptake of those big three hard to break down uh, micronutrients. You know, it's going to uh, go attach itself to the, the humix and fulvics, but really it'll do it for everything. You know, but that's where I see, you know, the big differences, you know, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, you know, so one's more of a refined, you know, active version of the other, you know, but, uh, you know, with my fulvic acid, I use it pretty much with almost everything. I mix it with almost all my foliar sprays, you know, and all my rooted plants, you know, I mix it with all of my fertilizers and all of my uh, 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 insecticides uh, and uh, fungicides, you know, especially okay. if they're bacteria based. You know, you okay. get the same benefit from mixing uh, fulvic and humic with uh, uh, bacteria, no matter if they're, you know, humic or, or a mycorrhizal for your roots or whether it's a bacillus for your leaves, you know, you can get a little bit more uh, oomph out of it by adding, you know, uh, humic or fulvic acid. You know, I particularly found that uh, when I got to do a root drench, you know, one of the problems that we have here in the Northwest are root aphids, you know, and, and you know, root borne bugs like fungus gnats, transmitting yeah. diseases. And, uh, you know, it's a big problem, you know, and if you, uh, you know, ignore it, it can get out of hand and all of a sudden you got a disease problem and you got to replace the whole stock. It's happened to me in the past, you know, so I, what I do now to prevent that is I use a lot of different types of bacteria, you know, but sometimes some of those can get kind of harsh on the plant, especially if I know I have a problem, you know, and I'm using something, you know, really strong, like one of those, uh, uh, what was the one, Botanigard, uh, uh, or uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, oh. Bacillus Therengensis. Uh, yeah, you know, there, there were so many good ones. There was that one company that does uh, 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 Venerate and uh, 
Oh, Marine Marone Bio or whatever. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Those guys. They, they've got a whole line of uh, uh you know, yeah, different types of uh, uh, regalia. Yeah, regalia and those guys. You know, but I found when I used those and I used them heavy, you know, it'd make my plants. You know, they'd get upset. But if I added some TM7 in with that, you know, this is actually a trick that I learned from uh, the guys at Shango uh, Garden in Portland. Okay. If I added a, a TM7 or Cyto Plus in with that, then uh, uh, I get no stress. I get no, you know, uh, 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 will, sure. you know, go right through it and it, it's not an issue. Okay. I'm always nervous to try to add things to like IPMs like that. And I, I mean, it's interesting to hear that you're even kind of putting them in there because that's, oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I follow the line of thinking on it. You know I mean? It's stimulating biology either way. Like you it's said. one of those things that made me super nervous at first, but when I saw it, you know, what they do in the ag world, you know, it's all mixed up in one big thing and all going out on the same pivot sprayer. There is no separate uh, thing when you're talking acreage, you know, yeah. and if they can do that for organic food, you can do that with just about anything, anything that's good, yeah. you know, but, uh, but that doesn't mean everything mixes together well, and you always got to try it before you try it, you know, you know, and uh, this is something that, uh, you know, I saw done myself. If I haven't tried it, I would never recommend it. Yeah. You know, but uh, but that's, you know, you always got to try it with your plants and your environment, you know, because it's always a little bit different, you know, with the different lights and different plants and, you know, different places, different bugs, different heats, you know, what works in dude's house, you know, in the basement over here isn't going to work the same in the shop on the other side of town or let alone on the other side of the country. You know, there's a, you know, there's a, just a different type of things that you have to deal with, uh, you know, in different parts of the world. And you just got to roll with those punches where you're at and, you know, you know, and, you know, adjust accordingly. Well, it's like tuning the engine, you know, yeah. if you're living in the mountains, you tune the engine a little bit different than if you live, you know, at sea level. Or whatever. Absolutely. Natural, natural for things. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I've always, I've always used the uh, full power, the fulvic um, has been, I've been a big fan of that. And then um, I never really messed with the, the humic acid in the soil. And like, I know they got the full humics, mm -hmm. but, uh, but what, what would uh i mean how would you convince me to want to use that in the soil or why would i try to well the big thing uh that you can get is you can get a very similar effect that you can get uh with the with your uh, full power but you can get it for a much reduced cost and a much reduced amount you know with uh you know i sell uh, three different types of uh humic acid i sell uh uh, uh full humics which is just a a straight humic acid you know, water soluble, uh, and then uh, these are got, dry form powder, these are right? dry formulas, dry powders. Mm -hmm. You know, then we've got TM seven, which is the same thing but fortified with a, a blend of micronutrients that's specifically designed for microbial growth. You know, and then we've got Cyto Plus, which is uh, you know all those other things plus soluble kelp. So you've got humic acid, micro organic micronutrients, and soluble kelp. You know, that was originally designed as an organic flower trigger uh, by, by Dr. Faust for uh, tomatoes on a large scale. You know, so you can use it. I'm sorry? The Cyto Plus was? Is that? Yes. Wow. All right. You know, uh, that's what, uh, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, so uh, he was the one, you know, because I always used to, you know, that was a trick that I learned years ago was, you know, mix humic acid with seaweed and spray your plants at the beginning of flower. And you're going to get a lot better flowers and will have a lot greener plants that don't need as much, you know, fungicide or insecticide later on. You know, well, it uh, even works in veg too, to help keep them uh, a little bit more absolutely. Um, branchy and bushy. You know, I mean, they don't stretch as much, I guess. But all three of those humic acids, uh, you only use anywhere from an eighth of a teaspoon to a quarter of a teaspoon per gallon. 
you know, so one little hundred gram package for anywhere from, you know, 12 to $18 is going to last you several cycles because you don't need that much of it. You don't use it every water. You know, I only need to use it once every week or so, you know, so I use my TM7 or Cyto Plus. I'm only using those once or twice a month. You know, and uh, my uh, full humix, I'm using it in my bedroom, you know, especially with my my really young plants. I love to use it on my seeds. I love to use it as a seed soak. You know, I've seen a great results, especially with old seeds or hard to pop seeds. If I add uh, uh, humic acid to the mix, whether I'm soaking it in a towel or whether I'm putting it directly in soil or whether I'm putting it in little, you know, starter cubes, as long as I've got some uh, humic acid in the mix, I seem to have a lot better luck than without it. Now, is the the seaweed? Is there a hormone? Does that bring in the hormone component to it too? Like the, the... Uh, yes, you know, it's also adding uh, uh, some uh, good uh, 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 micronutrients in there. You know, and uh, you know all the good stuff that uh, uh, seaweed adds. When it seaweed's a great uh, biostimulant by itself. You know, right. it just depends on you know where you source it from and. You know, uh, you know, I guess there's there's lots of different types of seaweed to choose from. I've always liked using different types of uh, uh, seaweed or alfalfa in uh, in uh, 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 both in my soil and in my compost teas and in my foliar sprays, you know, in liquid and, uh, uh, you know, in dry form. But, you know, it's hard to beat some of the, you know, dry formulas as far as like, you know, cost, you know, and, and the fact that they keep so long. You know, a lot of those uh, 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 liquid products have got a very short shelf life. You know, and, uh, you know, that's the, you know, there's a, it's really easy to put something together. I, I found this uh, working at BioAg in the R&D department. It's really easy to come up with a cool idea, you know, and put it together. It's really hard to get to sit on a shelf and make it go, you know, stay good for a year after you came up with that great idea. That's okay. the hard part, you know, it, you know, it's getting into the bottle and make it not go disgusting or blow up on you, you know, or turn foul, you know, I, and that, that's all the process of uh, developing a, a new product, you know, and, and you know, I, we've gone through all of it, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, that's why we've uh, come, uh, you know, uh, with these new uh, products and, uh, uh, you know, why we're so excited uh, uh, about some of these, uh, you know, particularly uh, uh, BioSuperSil, you know, that's our new uh, organic OMRI listed uh, uh, silica supplement. And uh, it's uh, uh, fortified in fulvic acid and it's a nanostructured silica. You know, so it's uh, different than uh, uh, your monosilicic acids or your, you know, uh, different types of, uh, uh, you know, your potassium silica. It's uh, closer to the uh, organic silica you'd get out of horsetail. You know, so it's, uh, uh, you know, from what's been explained to me, I'm still learning all of this, uh, but uh, it's the, the shape and size of the silica uh, uh, that dictates, you know, whether it's harsh or whether it's uh, uh, dangerous or whether it's uh, available to plants. You know, so some, you know, you know, silica is a glass. So sometimes it's sharp and sometimes it's rounded and sometimes it's very jagged, you know, so I guess the, uh, the nanostructure stuff is supposed to be less jagged and more available. And uh, it, in my experience has been, uh, the easiest to use silica I've ever used, you know, especially as a, a, a foliar spray. You know, I've never had a plant that hasn't loved it, you know, and I've never applied it and seen a negative effect, you know, by itself. Yeah. You know, but uh, but the, uh, you know, the the trick uh, uh, that I found with it is that, uh, you know, uh, you know, I can uh, take a plant that's uh, uh, sick, you know, that's uh, come from, you know, a sick garden where it's been beat up from bugs and fungus, you know, get it, uh, uh, you know, to turn around, you know, in a couple of cycles, you know, in my bedroom, just by growing it, uh, you know, up to about a, you know, a foot size, taking cuttings again, and then starting the cycle again, and then respraying it again with uh, BioSuperSil about four times, you know, and go through that cycle. And by the time I get to a, a two gallon twice, 
I've got basically a brand new plan again. You know, it's helped, uh, you know, build it out of, I've only had to, you know, out of the half a dozen uh, cuttings that I've uh, picked up out of dispensaries uh, in the local area in Eugene, you know, most of them have come with an issue. You know, either they were beat up from something or I stick them in my bedroom for a couple of weeks and then powdery mildew starts to pop up, you know, so then I got to isolate them, you know, and then I got to decide, do I really want to keep this or do I want to, you know, try and treat it, you know, and then I decide by treating it there for a couple of weeks, is it even treatable? You know, like they've identified the uh, the genome in marijuana that, uh, you know, once it gets uh, powdery mildew, it'll never go away. You know, so now that that's been identified, it can be bred out of the plants. You know, it's just figuring out, you know, which plants have that and not letting them uh, perpetuate, you know, and adding something in there that's going to, you know, reduce the likelihood of that popping up as a, as a, as a phenotype or as a gene, genus. That's interesting, man. So on one of the conversations about the bio super soil, it's, it's a product I've been really interested in because just in my past trying to hunt down info from Dr. Faust, it's like, I've heard him mention in a few different times that he did a study on, on uh, limiting factors for crops. And, the, and what he came up with was that it was the availability of, of humic acids and availability of monosilicic acid were the two limiting factors and all. Do you, do you understand, know what I'm talking about there? Yes. Yes, I do. You know, uh, uh, you know, it's, a uh, uh, you know, most, soils particularly now are starving uh for uh silica you know uh, it's a uh, you know it's a very uh, you know common uh, uh uh element but uh you know uh, a lot of plants you know need a lot more than what they're getting you know and if you can uh, add that to a plant you can make it way stronger than it is without it you know and it has so much benefits for so many different types of plants you know same with uh, you know adding humic substances uh, uh to different uh, plants you know, and, and to different types of soils, you know, it's a, a, a huge benefit, you know, you can reduce the amount of fertilizers you're using, you can help condition the soil as you're growing plants in, you know, uh, you know, and that's, a, you know, an absolute benefit, you know, the overuse of fertilizer and, uh, uh, you know, the waste of it, you know, is uh, one of the biggest problems we have, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, if we can help correct that, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, get a better product at the end, you know, that's exactly what we're shooting for, you know, efficiency. Yeah, exactly. It, um, sorry, I'm going to jump around a little bit on oh, you, I guess. Too. But uh, back on the the fulvic and humic, there was one thing that uh, I was curious about. Mm -hmm. um, and I heard Dr. Faust mention that that the the humic acid tends to can stay in the soil, and there can be so like if you're adding it every time, is there a is there buildup in the soil that can happen, and is it? Uh it depends on how you're adding it, you know, like, uh, uh, most of the, like, uh, if you're uh, taking humic acid, like, uh, the dry powder and you're mixing it up, uh, at full strength and you're watering that on every time you water, it will accumulate into the soil, uh, in a significant amount over time, you know, but that's, you know, kind of a waste, you know, the whole point of using a humic acid is to, you know, especially a dry humic acid and watering on is, you know, the awesome part that it sticks around in the soil, you know, so you can space out those waterings, you know, it, you know, especially when you're talking big ag, you know, they're lucky if they can use a, a humic product, you know, three times a year. Right. Yeah. You know, so they got to get the most bang out of their buck, you know, so they're going to want to use as much as they can, as few as they can, you know, to cover as much as they can, 
you know, and, you know, that's where a lot of these, you know, that's where a lot of uh, Dr. Faust's uh, uh, formulations come from. They come from the idea of not, you know, this isn't going to go for, you know, a hundred pots, uh, you know, under a hundred lights, this is going to go under a hundred acres, you know, with a hundred thousand plants, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, that's the idea behind a lot of, you know, a lot of his products. You know, that's why, you know, BioSuperSil, instead of, you know, uh, you know, buying, you know, uh, you know, a 50 gallon uh, drum of uh, a potassium silica and watering your fields with it, you know, at two to three mils per gallon, you're taking uh, BioSuperSil and you're spraying your field, you know, at, uh, you know, uh, at, you know, anywhere from eight to 15 mils per gallon. You know, but, uh, uh, you know, you're doing that, you know, once, you know, uh, so much less, you know, so you're, you know, where you were using a, a 55 gallon drum, you can spray that same amount in like a couple of five gallon jugs, you know, so, you know, where a guy was using, you know, a gallon of a very expensive silica, he can get by with a five gallon jug of bio super sill, which is less money, and it's going to cover more space because he's going to be spraying it instead of watering it on, but you can water it on, you know, I have a, a particularly uh, I didn't think it had much of a benefit for watering on because I didn't see a lot of benefit from it in my experiments. But most of my experiments, I was using soilless mix, not organic soil. You know, I, uh, a couple of the people that I've done testers with uh, the BioSuperSil are no-till gardeners in Portland. And uh, uh, they see awesome benefit from watering on this, uh, 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 the BioSuperSil. And uh, I, so I asked, uh, uh, you know, a couple of different uh, scientists that know way more than me about silica, you know, okay, what's going on here? And they said, you know, a couple of things are going on, you know, when they're watering it on, uh, it's helping uh, uh, break up uh, some of those heavy metals that you don't want, the arsenic, you know, the, those, uh, those bad heavy metals that go in your uh, cannabis plants and make you uh, piss dirty for uh, heavy metals tests if you have those in your state. You know, this helps those, uh, uh, again, accumulate in the soil or flush away with the water so it's not going into your plants, you know, so it's not being a danger like it was. You know, that's it was uh, one of the, uh, 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 in fact, you see a lot of the higher end uh, 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 hydroponic fertilizers switching to that now where you, where you, if you look at their salt leaching solutions, they, a lot of them have silica in them now. You know, and that's for, uh, you know, drawing out those uh, uh, those micronutrients and those heavy metals that they built up through using those uh, synthetic salts, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, you can have a very awesome effect by using silicas in your soil that way. Uh, but also uh, in those no-till gardens, you've got all these crazy different microbes. And so, you know, just like there's nitrogen fixing bacteria and phosphorus fixing bacteria, there is uh, silica fixing bacteria. I am just learning this. I had no clue. I'm like, this is awesome. I need to bottle this and sell it. You know, I, I, I need, I need some of it in my garden right now, you know, but, uh, but in these no-till gardens, they've got so much microbiology going on in there because they've got the worms and all that awesome, uh, uh, uh bio life going on that, that those microbes are in there and they're actually causing the uptake of that silica through the root zone where it doesn't have a pathway through that naturally. You know, the, the ionic, uh, or the, uh, uh, nanolized silica doesn't have an ionic bond so it does not have a pathway technically through the root zone but because it's fortified in a fulvic acid it does have a pathway through the stomata you know and that's where you see such a, a benefit of using it as a foliar spray plus it coats your leaves in the silica which means that when uh, bugs come along and they try to bite it it actually wears down their mandibles and makes it harder for them to chew on the, the physical plant itself you know, giving it a slight protective barrier, but it's, uh, you know, simply a dust that gets blown away over time, you know, so it's easily broken down and it doesn't stick around forever.
that's my that was one of my next questions like doesn't the fulvic acid penetrate cellular walls so it wouldn't and in a foliar it wouldn't necessarily have to go through the stomata isn't it able not to necessarily no no but uh but uh, uh that that's one of the benefits of having the uh the fulvic acid in there as well is having that uh uh deep the uh more available absorption throughout the entire uh leaf surface I get you. you know, I actually, uh, it was kind of funny. The, uh, uh, when I first got, uh, uh, the first batch of bio super silk, uh, they came in two and a half gallon jugs and I was stoked to get it. And I was like, okay, you know, uh, here in Oregon, we had uh, a huge heat wave last summer. You know, we had uh, a couple of weekends where we broke all the records, you know, by multiple times every day, we broke the record all the way till Sunday. And it started on a Friday, you know, we got up to like 117 degrees. So, you know, we knew it was coming, you know, so I call up my friend at 45th parallel and I say, Hey man, that's a, that's a, a cannabis, an outdoor cannabis garden uh, in Dallas, Oregon. And uh, I say, uh, Hey man, you know, can you spray a plant for me? And, you know, let's see what happens over the weekend. He goes, yeah, sure, man, not a problem. You know, drop, drop it off and, you know, we'll check it out. And uh, I go, uh, cool. You know, so I go over there and I drop it off. Well, some, some wires got crossed and they didn't spray one plant. They sprayed a hundred of them. Give me a heart attack. I'm like, I haven't used this yet. What are you doing? I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I'll call you on Monday and we'll cross our fingers. Bye. <laughs> you know, so, uh, so I call him on Monday and everything that got sprayed with BioSuperSil grew like half a foot, you know, and uh, everything that didn't get sprayed with BioSuperSil ended up wilting, losing leaves and losing flower sites, you know, where everything that got sprayed, you know, so they ended up spraying the entire four acres after that and they were sold. You know, and they ended up applying it in a foliar spray multiple times throughout their veg season up until uh, I believe they're, you know, just about, you know, I'd say second week of flower, just when they started to get white hairs coming on, then they stopped, you know, but with, you know, I can't attribute it directly to, you know, the, the, the silica, but, uh, you know, cause it was a pretty good year this year compared to last, but uh, it's with some of their varieties that got sprayed, the, uh, the amount of bo uh, bud mold was reduced by up to 70% compared to the previous year. You know, now, even if that was a factor of like 30%, you know, uh, you know, that the silica helped, that's a dramatic amount, you know, even with the dry year, you know, I'd like to think that it did a little bit more, but you know, you know, they, they had, uh, you know, I don't know how it goes uh, uh, where you guys are at, but usually purple punch is a lost cause outside. You know, usually it's big rotten buds by the time it's ready to harvest. And, you know, theirs was, you know, all done with no, no mold in it. You know, last year it was a total bust. This year it was a total uh, gangbuster, you know, yeah. uh, you know, and we got no other difference than uh, they started incorporating more full power uh, in their veg cycle. And uh, uh, this year, and uh, they started spraying with the bio super soap. So, um, is there any detriment? I mean, the silica, is there an excess use of it? I mean, yes. you're talking like they applied it once, you know what I mean? And, and I know, no, I know they, they applied I it. Like, uh, I'm going to hit I it. I want to say times. like probably throughout the season, I'd say, I guess six to eight times. Okay. You know, but uh, you know, but I like to apply it on my plants indoors at least three times. And I see a huge benefit from doing that, you know, okay. just in a short, you know, you know, two week grow, eight week flower in my little tent in my little uh, you know garage yeah silica is always one like as like i grow in a uh, living soil system too or whatever i reuse it recycle it keep it going but mm -hmm. but that's always one that's in the back of my mind like i know i have sand and, and rocks in the soil so i know if i get biology functioning because i've heard um uh john kemp talk about that where they measure uh plant sap analysis and what he was noticing is that that they could measure the amount of silica uptake and relate that basic 
base it on the amount of soil biology activity in the soil you know what i mean so that was kind of an interesting one and, and it was like but it, I, you gave me a sample and i i do a weekly garden update and whoever's listening they can follow my channel or whatever but they but i did apply that and that's one of the things that i kind of noticed i did notice a pickup in it and that's where i'm like well if there's a noticeable pickup in it and maybe my soil biology wasn't functioning properly either but the other thought i had was like watering it in i seen that was on the instruction and i'm like i wonder what you know is that reacting with calcium is it reacting with phosphorus can it if I keep doing that in excess or I did it too much, is it going to like tie something up or be a problem? Uh, it can. <clears throat> if, you, if you were to water with it every day for, you know, like, you know, like at full strength for two weeks, you're going to see uh, probably something get uh, a little tied up. You know, I, uh, you know, didn't see any toxicity, you know, in sprays until I got close to a almost a 50-50 water to biosupercell mix. Then it became fire in a bottle, you know, but before that it was very, very hard to burn with. Okay. You know, like, uh, uh, you know, like when they applied that stuff out at 43 parallel, it was 80 degrees outside when they applied it, you know, and I was shocked that they didn't get any burn or, or pissed off plants from that, but they seem to just love it. You know, like in my little bedroom, I don't even shut my fluorescent lights off when I spray it now, you know, on my plants that are taller than a foot, you know, I, I got no need to, you know, under my big lights, you know, if I'm running any HIDs, I do, you know, if I'm you know running my LEDs, I'll dial them way down. You know, right. but, uh, you know, but most of the time I'm vegging under my little lights and flowering under my LEDs, you know, just because of, you know, little space. And like, um, you know how guys will say that you don't want to spray oils and then sulfur. Is there any kind of a weird one that you want to watch for with the silica if you're applying that foliarly? Uh, not that I've uh, seen, you know, I, I have seen some issues of mixing uh, uh, biosupercil and some silicas directly with certain sulfates you know, in the bottle as a spray, you know, before they're applied. But that's why you always do a jar test before you apply anything. And before you spray anything, I always say, try it before you try it. Take one leaf of one plant of every variety, spray it, you know, check it in an hour. You know, if it's cool, it's cool. It's a foliar spray. If it's burned, you'll find that leaf curled up and you'll see the leaves around it angry. In which case, adjust your spray, you know, because every plant is a little different, you know, so, you know, some plants I find most, you know, you know, 70% of my plants, you know, they're going to get along as they get along, you know, but they're those ones, there's those, you know, those old ancient, you know, OG Kushes, those, those you know, <laughs> and they're, they're just finicky, you know, and it's either the nitrogen, you know, or, or they, you know, they just hate us something, you know, there's always something, you know, and either they grow too big, too fast, or they're so damn slow that you can't get them to grow an inch in a month. You know, but it just depends on how you, you have to manipulate it. But that's because they're at the, you know, they're the, at the end of that genetic spectrum, you know, right. but that's where, you know, incorporating biostimulants, you can take an old plant like that and you can make it a feasible thing again, you know, you know, by, you know, whipping it back into shape, by getting it as healthy as you can, as long as you can, you know, right. and building it up, you know, it, you know, as soon as you take a plant and you build it up in a healthy environment, it wants to thrive as long as it's not too broken, you know, but with all these hybrids out there these days, you know, it's a, you always compare it to, to dog breeding. So it's a world full of pugs, you know, they're beautiful. They're great to play with, you know, they're great dogs, you know, but you might have to spend 10 grand to fix this back after three years, you know, uh, you know, just because, you know, there's, you know, you, there's something wrong there. It's too inbred. There's too much across of a cross of a cross of a cross. That's, that's not, that's not right. You know, that's like the American bulldog or whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the Dalmatian, you know, yeah that's interesting you know so, now, 
when they when they other brands like when i potassium silica is an interesting one but like usually when you're mixing that you got to do that at a certain timing you want to mix your fertilizer first or whatever and and uh and a lot of times super silica will adjust the ph is there any kind of like procedural stuff that you should be mindful of with the bio super silk nope bio super is the got a ph of uh, about seven you know so it's right about neutral so uh yeah it's now it's it's not an issue you know that's uh, one of the uh, things that I, I like about it the most is uh it does not mess with my ph in any way and it doesn't react with anything either like if i make uh, it, it can it with, uh, with uh, uh, certain types of very strong uh, fertilizers you know, if you were to mix it with a, a, a really strong concentrated, uh, 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 oh, uh, uh, you know, like a, a, a hydroponic fertilizer, you know, I'd be weary. You know, I, I, it, it could be fine, but I would definitely want to spray test that before I spray before I uh, applied it to a large space. Right. You know, because uh, you know those are you're you're pushing that that line. You know, because you've got high amounts of silica, which makes stuffs available. Then you've got high amounts of fulvic acid, and then you've got a readily available. Uh, a chemical fertilizer you know all three of those things are going to combine to a burn unless something is reduced either the amount of one of those two things or that fertilizer you know the whole idea of using those you know those products with a chemical fertilizer is to reduce the amount of chemicals so you can use less chemicals to cover more space you know so you know that would be the compromise there but uh but yes so you, you wouldn't want to be you always always use less than recommended you know like uh, on our bio super sill the recommended dose is anywhere from 15 to 30 mils most of the time i'm using 10 or 5 you know but i'm growing really small plants in my garage you know if you're growing great big old plants and you're only spraying them once a month outside yeah sure spray them with 30 mils when they're four foot tall you know under the great big old sun That's, there's nothing wrong with that you know, yeah. but you know, the amount you spray and how often you spray dictates how much you use, the more you use, the less you use, you know, so if you're spraying once a week, you're using, you know, a quarter to a third strength of what you'd use if you're spraying once a month, you know, and how big that plan is dictates how much you spray, you know, but if you incorporate the proper amount of uh, uh, sprays of silica, you know, amino acids, you know, seaweed and humic, you're using, you're, you're spraying all this beneficial stuff. So you don't have to spray with insecticides and fungicides because everything you're, you're spraying is making your plant so much stronger that they can grow through those little problems that they have, especially when they're outside. You know, those are just little hiccups that happen. You know, I get rid of most problems outside, you know, with a couple of foliar sprays in my garden hose. You know, I, I don't have to apply fungicides or, or, uh, or insecticides unless something tragic happens. You know, one of those invasive things like a, like a broad mite or a, or a russet mite. You know, I don't know if you have those over uh, where you're at, but uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> they're an absolute. Yeah. You know, if something like that, you, you got to do what you got to do, you know, either, you know, cut everything down or, or start over again or, you know, or yeah, you know, uh, they're not a lot crop loss. I mean, there's ways to treat them, no doubt. But yeah. Yeah. It was interesting uh, hearing Dr. Faust mention how um, that would silica would have affected the powdery mildew too, because I know like mildew and botrytis is just huge in, in a lot of outdoor in our area too. Uh, absolutely. You know, that's one of the best benefits I found from incorporating silicas. Uh, you know, I found actually years ago before I ever used a, a, a nanolyzed silica or, or any of these fancy monosilicic acids, an orchid farmer, uh, an orchid, there's from the uh, Willamette Orchid Society, uh, came into my store in Salem and said, we want to order some silica for our orchid society. And I'm like, okay, 
what's silica? <laughs> you know, so I got to go look it up and I was like, okay, you know, there's this stuff called ProTech and, you know, uh, you know, I ordered it in. It was the company that I ordered neem oil from, you know? So I was like, okay, I can get this stuff, you know? And uh, I kept a bottle, you know? And I, you know, started, uh, you know, I asked them, you know, I was like, well, why do you guys spray this? And they're like, well, it makes our plants, you know, stand up to the environment tougher, you know? So, you know, and you only use a little bit. So one of these little bottles, these, you know, four little ladies shared one little quart bottle, you know, between them for like four years. So I'm okay. like, hey, you know, let's, let's give it a try. You know, so I started throwing it in with my seaweed, you know, every other, uh, uh, every other week, you know, as a foliar spray. And all of a sudden, you know, I have a lot less powdery mildew problems. My stocks are way thicker, especially with my uh, plants and uh, hydroponics. Because back then, you know, more than half of my garden was in, you know, deep water culture or aeroponic systems. And, uh, you know, you just get these big noodly stocks that are flopping all over the place. And when I incorporate silica into the uh, program, now I don't have to stake them as early. Now I don't have to rely on that trellis. You know, now I can reduce the amount of number. Now I don't have to have 40 packed in there so they don't fall over. I can have 30 spread out perfect, you know, on that nice four by eight table and, you know, we're good to go. Yeah, they seem a lot more pliable too, almost like they, and they almost like they don't go uh, to the bark, like the hardened wooden off kind of stages quick, you know, yeah. it's like they stay that lush green look absolutely yeah that's a nice one so um oh but uh, uh to uh to go back to a point that uh, you were saying before about uh, overusing silica okay. uh one of the big things that i've noticed over the last several years with the advent a lot of these higher end silica supplements you know that are out there you know these uh, uh in my opinion overpriced silicas i love the way they work i've got no complaint in how they work at all i'm very insulted on how they sell it and the prices they sell it for because I find no justification behind those numbers, none at all from where I sit, you know? So, you know, uh, I'm like, you know, thank you for your awesome product and how dare you, you know? Uh, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, because I don't think, I think they're charging that because they know that marijuana farmers will pay it because it works awesome with, uh, with pot, you know? And, and I hate that, you know, but, uh, uh, but uh, I, you know, I find that, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I've lost my place there smoked a little too much before we started here uh <laughs> yeah maybe it's time it's coming up on the 20 maybe it's yeah, it is. Like one anyway but yeah, uh but uh, uh okay where were we where were we going there i lost my place uh i kind of lost it too man okay we were talking about uh silica and you were saying an overuse of silica. oh overuse of silica that that was it you know, uh, you know, with a, with a lot of these uh, new uh, higher end silicas and you see such a benefit from, you know, pumping your plants up with them, you know, and they use them all the way through their flower cycle. And they basically take these big, you know, these awesome flowers that are already, uh, you know, naturally very, very hard and dense and they make them even harder, which makes the burn at the end impossible. So you get all these different uh, awesome looking, super dense flowers in the dispensary that burn to an absolute coal at the end. And there's no reason why they flush like they should but you can't flush away the silica that has built up so much because they used it so often you know there's how much you can use and there's how much you can use and their plant still tastes good at the end you know and if you're you know you're you're growing some commercial thing and you're just using it like insurance to wrap your plant in some sort of a you know a steel barrier i think you're doing it wrong 
know, I, I think you can get just that same benefit by using it, you know, uh, you know, both in your root zone as a foliar spray, but sparingly, you know, and, and you're done, you know, most of the way through, you know, uh, at the beginning of flowering. You know, if I incorporate a little bit at the end, that's only for a salt leaching effect, you know, several weeks before I harvest. You know, if I feel I need that effect, if I've used that much food or if I'm in a much larger, uh, you know, organic living soil, you know, and with a much smaller plant, and I don't think I've, you know, used that food, you know, and I want my plant to taste good and burn well at the end. You know, so I want some way to either metabolize that food or prevent the uptake for those last couple of weeks. You know, and uh, that silica is either going to help, uh, uh, you know, uh, metabolize that, uh, you know, those, particularly the ones that I don't want in there, you know, the, the arsenic, the heavy metals that, you know, I don't want going into my cannabis, especially if you're using stuff like rice holes. You, know, you find it a lot with, uh, uh, you know, people that use a lot of chicken manure outside, you know, the, those are loaded with a lot of nasty heavy metals. There's a reason why those are $3 or $5 for a cubic foot, you know, a fertilizer that lasts for a month. You know, there is no genetic free ride. There is no biological free ride. There's always a price to be paid. You know, it's worth the money spending that extra money to get in that mean meal or to get that, uh, you know, amino acid for that nitrogen instead of, you know, that cheap uh, 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 chicken manure or that, uh, you know, uh, alfalfa meal that's uh, sprayed with God knows what, you know, you know, go to the time, get the organic stuff. You know, it's worth it with cannabis. You know, it's a heavy metal plant. It'll pull all that stuff out and you'll be smoking it. It's very, very different than something that you're eating. You're smoking it. You know, that can't be good. We, there's, there's no studies that show what happens to someone when you smoke all of this different stuff. But, you know, here in a, some years, we're going to find out, you know, uh, you know, especially from these people that are, you know, smoking all these concentrates, you know, because they're deliberately taking all the stuff that we're using to growing these plants and they're concentrating it to these things and they're smoking it you know, straight. And, uh, you know, if that's going to be damaging in any way, we're going to find out in a, in a short period of time. It's funny. We always take it to the extremes. That's for sure. Oh yeah. You know, and that was one of the scary things when they, uh, you know, I, I can't remember who I was speaking to about that, whether it was a gentleman in Vegas or whether when I was in California, but, uh, they went and they bought, uh, uh, I believe it was when I was in Oklahoma, uh, they went and bought like a uh, half a dozen different uh, concentrates at half a dozen different uh, stores and had them all tested, you know, and, you know, all but two tested hot for just about everything you wouldn't want in there. Pyrethrum, Eagle 20, you know, heavy metals, butane, you know, all the stuff that, uh, you know, they you know, cleared for at the, at the thing, but, uh, you know, somehow when it got to the shelf, it's testing hot now, yeah, you know, and that's, you know, but, you know, they kind of got the wild west out there, you know, they're, you know, that was one of the things I was kind of glad to see when I went out to Canacon this year is, you know, they're kind of getting a little bit more of a, a wrangling on that, you know, trying to, you know, get a, you know, some sort of a seed to sale system going for their, uh, for their legal grows and, you know, cause there's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy situation out there, but you know, the, the quality out there in Oklahoma was very nice. I was actually you know, very surprised at what $30 in a dispensary can get you in uh, OKC. It was really nice. I, I had no idea, you know, uh, you know, but uh, I was actually very pleasantly surprised. Well, everybody from Cali that's been doing it for years moved out there. Oh yeah. And Colorado, <laughs> I know half a dozen guys from Oregon that went out there, you know, I, that seems to be the thing. Everyone's going to OKC these days. <laughs> right. It is the place to be apparently, but I don't know, man. I, I, I'm excited that there are states uh, coming online and more and more. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, Virginia, uh, now uh, uh, New Jersey, 
you know, uh, uh, yeah, you know, the more the merrier. I, I think we're we're the predominant one now. I think there's like three places where there's nothing, you know, like Idaho and uh, Utah and one other. You know, everyone else either has medical or legal or both or some sort of facet of their you know, Louisiana, you know, Mississippi. They all got something now. It's down to three now. That's wow. down to three now. Wow. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. Shout out drugs for winning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, that's I mean, it's interesting because that's going to be a total shift in a lot of things like uh, the federal government has to do something, I guess. Yeah, I, I really hope that uh, the federal legalization uh, comes through, you know, I, I it's, uh, you know, all this ridiculousness with the banks and, you know, people not be able to take their money and, you know, conduct safe business uh, because, uh, you know, they're worried about, you know, the bank, you know, can't, you know, so you get these places, they can't expand their businesses. They can't get business loans. They have to carry ridiculous amounts of cash to do anything. So they're a risk to, you know, be robbed by everyone. I mean, California is a mess because of this right now, all over LA, whether it's the, you know, them being shaken down by police. Oh, why you got 50 grand in your, in your, in your car? It's like, cause you can't, you won't let me take it to the bank. That's right. why it's in the car, you know, right. you know? You know, how much can you bury in your closet or bury in a safe in the back of the dispensary? I mean, exactly. it's ridiculous what they expected them to do. You know, well, what are they supposed to do? They're setting them up, yeah. you know, so, you know, let them use those, you know, at least let them use the banking systems. You know, if you're not going to let them, you know, uh, do uh, federal, you know, but as soon as we can sell across state lines, it's just going to be better for everybody. You know, as soon as we can get federal regulation and federal taxing and, you know, you know, maybe rein in some of these ridiculous uh, uh, taxes that they have in some of these states where they're driving everyone out of the state, you know, like some of my friends in California, which are, you know, I don't know a single guy in California that I know that has a grow that isn't planning on moving it to Florida or Colorado or you or uh, OKC or, or, you know, just because, you know, the taxes, they're killing them. They're just killing them, you know, between that and the cost of power, I mean, you know, and the, you know, how bad crime has gotten down there. I mean, it's, you know, it's an ugly scene in LA these days. Yeah, man. But, uh, so back on track, it is back on track. What's going to be, uh, what's going to be the benefit of using an amino acid, um, to carry in micronutrients? Uh, the big thing with the, uh, the benefit that I found with the amino acids, uh, the, over my, uh, uh, my, uh, humic acids is, uh, the ease of use, you know, it's a much more, uh, I, the amino acids, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, at least that, uh, bioag is, uh, producing right now is, uh, uh, very water soluble. It's about the consistency of like coffee creamer, you know, so it's a very light fluffy, uh, uh powder. So it breaks down into water very, very easily. You know, so you can mix it, you know, with any uh, system, be that a top feed system, whether you're hand watering or whether you want to spray it and you don't have to filter anything, you know, it's very, and because it breaks down so easy, it's very readily available, you know, uh, because of the way it's made, uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, very, very light and fluffy, you know, it's an air dried uh, amino acid, you know, and it's, uh, uh, and the way it's designed, it, it's uh, already broken down with enzymes and has, I believe a couple of different types of amino acids in it. I'm still, uh, I'll have to uh, uh, hook you up with our uh, guy, uh, Eric Augerson. He knows uh, quite a bit more about the amino acids than I do. I'm still learning them. And, and I'm actually quite blown away with what I've seen uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, up until, uh, uh, you know, I discovered these powders, amino acids to me were these, uh, you know, uh, weird bottles for like a hundred, $150. And I didn't know what quite I'm seeing them do. You know, right. I don't know if I'm seeing a benefit uh, uh, from using this uh, this hundred dollar. It's got one hell of a fancy metal bottle, 
you know, I can tell you that, you know, it's made out of steel and it, you know, I bet you it costs a fortune, you know, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I can't say that, you know, from a lot of the amino acids I've used in the past that I've seen, you know, I saw a, a difference, but I didn't see the, you know, the dramatic, you know, like hundred dollars a liter, $250 a gallon difference to incorporate something like that in my garden. But, you know, right. when you're talking, you know, 20 or $30, uh, you know, for a small satchel, you know, and I only got to, you know, use a couple of uh, uh, teaspoons per gallon, you know, and I can use that as a spray and use even less, you know, uh, you know, that's really where I like to see that benefit, you know, because I can, you know, take my organic, uh, you know, let's say I've got a, a plant that's a really heavy feeder, you know, that really likes to, you know, be in a hydro system, but I'm trying to get it by in my living soil. The way I keep it happy is with that nitro, with that amino acid, you know, it's with that added nitrogen in with the stuff that it's already getting you know, both watering it in and as a spray, but it just depends on, you know, uh, uh, you know, what those plants really like, but it's those having that extra little tool in your toolbox that can make growing a plant that's, you know, not happy in your garden can make it real happy, real quick. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I was thinking, like, I mean, so if I'm, if I'm applying, if I'm trying to keep up with say a micronutrient and I'm applying that with a nitrogen, source like nitrogen is usually the driving factor in excess trying to you know why i'm kind of deficient in the micronutrients so like mm -hmm. adding that with an amino acid is that a different effect than any like a nitrate would be oh absolutely uh you know the nitrate's going to be a lot uh, longer lasting and it's going to be a lot more potent of an effect whereas the amino acid in my experience is one of the most gentle uh, uh nitrogens i've ever used you know, I can use uh, use it on plants that normally get really pissed off when I hit them with any alfalfa or, uh, you know, even real mild stuff like uh, uh, insect frass, you know, let alone something like a like a like a feather meal or a blood meal. You know, they just talon the hell out on me. But, uh, you know, if I use a, a light, a low dose, uh, you know, uh, like one of the uh, calcium amino or uh, multi amino, you know, which is like an eight zero zero or a seven zero zero, you know, I, you know, they get a nice green color and I don't get any uh, agitation at all. You know, especially with those, you know, uh, I like to grow a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, equatorial things, you know, like the Malawis and the, you know, the Thais and, you know, they don't like anything <laughs> they don't like uh you know they don't like nitrogen they don't like uh you know uh, uh you know they're very touchy when it comes to calcium you know because they need so much of it. they need a ton of root space but they don't like a lot of fertilizer in that root space you know right. but I, you know i found that uh, having these different micronutrients in amino acids means that i can give these little tweaks you know every week or two during their cycle to keep them happy for this incredibly long flowering cycle uh, that I have to go through because it's, you know, you know, damn near 14 weeks instead of a regular eight weeks, but there's no veg cycle. So it kind of ends up being about the same as growing a plant that grows very slow and has an eight week cycle, you know, because I, you had to grow it for six weeks anyway. So that's about, you know, 12 weeks anyway. So what's another two weeks on that? Yeah. You know, but, but those really hard to grow plants, you know, having, uh, you know, a couple different sources of, you know, uh, calcium, nitrogen, you know, micronutrients, and then having the ability to add those in with, you know, silica, uh, humic acid, fulvic acid, you know, and biology, you know, stuff like nitrogen fixing bacteria, phosphorus fixing bacteria, you know, uh, soluble mycorrhizae at specific points, you know, these are how you, you know, get bloom enhancing and, you know, uh, lots of different effects that normally you go to, a, you know, the, the, the hydro store and you, you know, 
you pay $200 for the, you know, bottle of super bud booster, you know, that's just a, you know, a, a you know, a, a, a 10, 40, 10, you know, and, uh, you know, and it's got some, you know, some perfume in it. So it smells good, but it's got a, you know, really cool looking flower on the front of it. You know, you know, and, you know, you, you don't have to buy any of that stuff. There's different stuff out there that you can use, you know, that's, uh, you know, has, you know, little to no fertilizer value that, uh, you know, is a stimulant that you can use in conjunction with the fertilizer you're using already to get those same effects without having to spend that extra money. You know, and that's how, you know, that's how it works in, uh, you know, with large scale ag, you know, they're, they're going to the agronomist. He says, okay, your, your dirt's deficient in A through G. So you add this to the dirt and then they use biostimulants throughout the year, you know, you know, different types of aminos, you know, depending on their crop, you know, humic acids, fulvic acids, you know, silicas, you know, to get the effect they're looking for, for that season and that crop, you know, so, you know, growing, uh, you know, our plants is no different, especially when you're talking with a highly emitted organic soil, you know, cause everything's in the dirt. It's all there waiting for you. You know, you just got to make sure that it's readily available. There's not too much salt, you know, and that, that it's in some sort of a, a relative balance for the effect that you're going for. You know, it's usually less, less is more, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a, you know, a, a killer uh, uh, soil company in the town you live in, like I do, you know, then uh, you don't have to mix your dirt anymore, you know, uh, uh, but, uh, but uh, I am very spoiled because I live in Eugene, Oregon, you know, and uh, uh, I got a, a, a <coughs> pardon me, a soil company down the street uh, uh, that's uh, run by a friend of mine uh, called uh, Organic Matters. And uh, it's a highly amended soil that's got everything in it. And that's all I use. In fact, a lot of the uh, better uh, uh, high-end, uh, 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 those uh, gardens we were talking about before, you know, that's all they use. You know, all they use is organic matter soil, you know, and bioag stimulants. Uh, and that's it, you know, and, uh, you know, they're getting, you know, fantastic yields, you know, anywhere from, you know, two to, you know, four pounds of light. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, and their stuff is, uh, you know, tip top crop. You know, it's, uh, you know, all organic and, you know, they didn't have to hardly do anything for it. All you need is a top feed system, you know, and a doser, you know, to dose your uh, fulvic acid. And then you hand water on your stimulants or spray them on as is needed. You know, so two people can run a very, you know, uh, medium, you know, to a large size garden. And, uh, you know, you just have people to come in and help you uh, uh, harvest and uh, away you go. You know, you've got a very large garden with very low maintenance and a very, you know, low overhead, but a very high yield and a very high profit. Yeah. Now, like what you're talking, the, uh, the amended soil, would you adjust the amendments for say, like, like how much nitrogen is in there and, and calculating, say, I'm going to apply amino acids four times through the cycle, whatever, would you try to adjust what you're applying? No, no. Uh, what I would do is, uh, uh, I would adjust the amount and how often I apply my amino acids, depending on the nitrogen content of the soil and the likings of that plant, you know? So if I'm growing something that is predominantly sativa dominant, I know that I'm not going to use a ton of my high nitrogen aminos with that plant, but I'm probably going to use a little bit, uh, more often of my micronutrients with a little that has a lower nitrogen value with that plant, because I know that uh, it's going to be more mild and that's what that plant wants. Whereas when I'm over here with my old cherry AK, you know, that is a monster and uh, it wants all the hydro food in the world. But if I use my uh, nitro amino uh, uh, along with my highly amended soil and I top dress uh, with a little bit of uh, insect frass or alfalfa meal, I can keep it green enough to keep it happy enough 
uh, to get it from a, a, a three by three or to a, a to a two gallon to a five, you know. But uh, but even then, once I get about halfway through my flower cycle, you know, I like to take uh, you know some of that uh, uh, calmino and I like to water it on you know a good two three times to add a little bit of nitrogen and calcium, and it tends to add just a little you know tends to you know I tend to get this just a little bit of center yellowing on my really heavy feeding plants, you know, somewhere between, you know, week five and week six, you know, on a, on a eight to 10 week cycle. And if I can, you know, now I've got something that I can supplement that to where, you know, I can do it and I'm not going to taste it at the end. You know, before I could do stuff, I could, I could do a tea, I could do a alfalfa tea, I could do a top dressing with insect grass, you know, and, but if I did it right, then I've got way too much for the long run, I'm going to taste it. And I'm going to be disappointed in my burn and my flavor, even though I'm really stoked on my look. You know, uh, you know, but I, you know, it, it can look like the way it looks. I expect my stuff to taste good, you know, because it's, it's mine. I want it to, you know, it, it can look like, I don't care how it looks. I, w- I want it to taste good, you know? Uh, so, you know, uh, uh, you know, if, by having something like the Calamino and the multi-amino, I've got these much more gentle sources of nitrogen that I can use less of more often uh, uh, to green my plants up, but without having to pay the price of using one of those uh, very harsher, you know, longer standing, uh, 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 nitrogens, <coughs> you know, and ergo, uh, uh, instead of having to do like, a where I was using, uh, a, a, a 10 gallon pot with seven gallons of soil or, uh, a seven gallon of soil in a, uh, or a seven gallon pot with five gallons of super soil in it. Now I've got, you know, five gallon pots with about four and a half gallons to three gallons of soil in it. And I'm getting the same yields and the same quality I was getting, you know, or the same yields I was getting before, but with a better quality and a better burn, because I don't have, I'm not wasting that extra fertilizer, yeah. you know, because you know how much soil you have with that system is how long a fertilizer you have. And if I can burn that fertilizer out a couple of weeks early and then supplement a little bit of aminos here or there to, to get me by at that very end, and then it metabolizes it, uses it all up, you know, then I have a nice two week, you know, to 10 day fade to whatever color it turns to, whether that's a light green or a pretty purple or a pretty pink, you know, but I want it to go through that fall stage and I want to absorb all the goodies that it had in it. And I don't want any more coming in through the soil at that time. I want that to be used up, you know, or I want it to be, uh, 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 the uh, uptake to be reduced so much that I'm not going to get that flavor uh, from the added uh, stuff in that soil. That was the big problem I had when I first started doing heavily amended soils was that most of the uh, heavily amended soils were meant for outside for these really long cycles. So they had all this feather meal and all this blood meal in it, you know, so I could never, you know, it never go away. It's all there the whole time. So I end up, you know, with these awful, awful, you know, this, uh, you know, pretty, pretty looking stuff that didn't taste as good as the hydro stuff I was growing next to it. And I'm like, what the, what the shit am I growing this organic stuff for? It doesn't taste as good as stuff if I'm growing in my bubble bucket. You know, but it was my fault because I wasn't using it right. I was growing way too small of a plant in way too big of a container. I was being lazy, you know, because I didn't want to water it as much and I didn't want to, you know, pay attention to the those little details, you know, but the more you, those little details, you know, every day are what make the quality. You know, that's what makes the difference between, you know, a really, really good garden and just a garden. It's the one thing you can't sell and you can't teach. I call it give a shit. The discipline to consistency is what I've yes. heard. Any, anybody can do it once. Anybody can do it twice. Can you do it four times a year? Can you do that for 10 years? You know, and every year get a little bit better and learn something from, it. you know, that's what gardening is. That's what getting better at it is. You know, that's what everyone should be doing when they're growing. You know, you, you get better at it or you just stay the same because you're not learning. You know, if you're learning, you're getting better. 
Yeah. And that's where what's driven a lot of these advances too is just more the understanding of like how nitrogen is dealt with inside a plant and the the energy expended on an oxidated form of it, you know. So mm-hmm. like oxidation reduction, I don't know if you're familiar with the term, but like mm-hmm. the the more oxidated that element is, the more energy has to be expended to kind of make it available or or usable, you know what I'm saying? And, and like, yeah, in the amino acid form, it's actually delivering it in a very reduced form. So mm-hmm. it's actually readily, mm-hmm. readily and, uh, ready to go. Yeah. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, that's another thing, too, is not all amino acids are the same. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I, I run into this every day uh, with where there are these cheaper amino acids that come out of, uh, you know, uh, you know, like all of our the amino acids that uh, uh, BioAg gets. We partnered up with the largest producer in the world out of India. You know, and uh, it's uh, uh, ethically sourced uh, soybeans that are grown specifically for the amino acid industry for uh, fertilizer. So it's not coming out of someone's mouth. It's not coming from a food source, you know, and it's uh, grown organically specifically for organic production, you know, which is a very big deal in India, you know, because, you know, it's a very large part of their culture growing stuff naturally and organic. Uh, you know, uh, uh, so uh, these are about as high quality as you can get. But there's a lot of these others that come out of uh, other uh, countries that are, you know, uh, you know, they're not organic or they're, uh, you know, they're loaded with heavy metals. They're much, much cheaper, you know, but, uh, you know, you know, you find it a lot with humics too, you know, and humic acids, you know, just because it's a humic acid doesn't mean that it's good. You need to check that, you know, that MSDS sheet and check those heavy metals, you know, make sure that it's not, uh, doesn't have a lot of arsenic, make sure that it doesn't have a lot of cadmium and bad stuff that you don't want in your garden, you know, because there's a lot of that stuff out there, you know, and there's a lot of uh, misconceptions where you see these uh, bottles of stuff, you know, where it's like, oh, this has got, this is a bottle. It's got, uh, it's got your amino acids. It's got your humic acids. It's got your fulvic acids. Oh, look at this. It's got, you know, it's 50% humic acid. It's 30% fulvic acid. It's all this stuff where, you know, it, you know, and you, you look at it and it's black as a uh, uh, used motor oil and you only need to use two mils per gallon. You know, if you're only using two mils per gallon and you're getting a benefit from it, I can guarantee you it's not the fulvic acid that's doing it, you know, cause you have to use it, you know, for, to be a fulvic acid, it's actually uh, the way they test it. It's a color spectrum, you know. It, to be a fulvic acid is it's golden. It's a golden color. And to judge that uh, that fulvic acid, they actually have a chart where it's uh, got pictures of it from a, almost a light white all the way to like a you know an all, kind of like an off brown. And you know the best stuff is right there in a honey gold, you know, and that's the most pure fulvic acid uh, 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 that uh, gives you the the best effect. That's not necessarily you know the stuff with the most humic acid in it that doesn't necessarily make it better you know in fact a lot of the times with the added uh uh, you know depending on where they source their humate source from you know it can have a lot of stuff you don't want in it you know a lot of the you know uh uh, basically mine tailings you know heavy metals that you you know do not want particularly for your cannabis garden especially if you're going to be consuming anything that you're producing yeah well like what you were describing with the diesel versus gasoline kind of the way i understood that from dr faust was like it's a uh, the fulvic is an alkaline extraction and the, the um, or excuse me, the humic is an alkaline and the fulvic is an acid extraction kind of, One and they're actually a lighter molecule, which means it's like mm-hmm. a smaller carbon chain, basically mm-hmm. was my understanding of that. Cause he always describes it as, uh, not one thing it's it's acids. Oh so yeah. Like, you know, thousands of different molecules that are in that. 
you know what I mean? And he always describes them as, as carbon fractions. So like in my mind's eye, that's like the end of digestion. You know what I mean? Like it's all these different chunks of carbon with a little bit of this on it or a little yeah. bit of hydrogen well, like, on it. Uh, you know, like one of my, uh, uh, one of the uh, organic products I used to like uh, back in the day uh, that we used to get all the time that was a good source was uh, pelletized seabird guano from South America, you know, and it was, uh, you know, I love this stuff, you know, uh, you know, all my friends were using fish fertilizer and I was using this stuff and I was getting it, you know, I, it was way cheaper. I didn't have to deal with that stinky fish and my plants grew way better than their stuff because I was using the same thing because seabird guano, what do seabirds eat? They eat fish. You know, so it's recycled fish that went through a bird. The bird gets all the heavy metals, loads it with calcium, you know, and then someone is nice enough in Peru to pelletize it for me and sell it to me for $12 a bag. You know, so, uh, you know, it's a win, 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 you know, uh, you know, same with the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, 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 fulvic, you know, and the humic, you know, that, you know, it's an ancient fossilized material, you know, and, uh, you know, over years and years, it's got all this uh, good stuff packed in there. And then, uh, you know, you, you know, either depending on how you extract it, whether you're extracting it uh, uh, for a dry soluble uh, product or whether you want to get that, you know, really fire liquid out of it. You know, it was, it was actually one of the uh, one of the things that made it hard to register was that uh, the way they tested for humic acid uh, was that they uh, uh, they extracted the two uh, the two uh, products, the humic acid and the fulvic acid and they threw the fulvic acid away and then they just counted this and that's what your stuff was so this this wasn't a thing so so you couldn't have fulvic acid you, you can only have humic acid you know so that's why in a lot of states uh, full power is still registered as a low molecular humic and not a hydrophobic fulvic but i think we've got uh, something like uh, seven states now where we can call it a hydrophobic fulvic uh, you know, and uh, we're slowly catching up with the rest of them. Hopefully they'll get there relatively soon, you know, but uh, but no matter what the bottle says, whether it says low molecular humic or hydrophobic fulvic, if it says full power, that is a fulvic acid. You know, it's just not all states recognize what a fulvic acid is, uh, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, hopefully they'll catch up sooner than later. But, uh, you know, it was so bad back in the early 2000s that, you know, anything in my store that said fulvic acid, they'd pull it off the shelf. You know, the Department of Ag in Oregon was about five blocks from my store. So they loved coming into my store saying, oh, hey, what do we got in here today, Josh? And, oh, this is pulled and that's pulled. And, you know, uh, you know, yeah, especially with, you know, all the back then it was all the Canadian fertilizers, you know, your, you know, advanced nutrients and your, uh, uh, you know, uh, stuff like that. Uh, back then it was uh, uh, Zeta and uh, oh, what was the other one? Uh, Oh, there was another really popular Canadian fertilizer. I think it was BC something, BC Grow and BC Boost and BC Bloom. But, you know, it was just your basic, uh, you know, NPK fertilizers. But, you know, it was from Canada, so everyone loved it. <laughs> you know, it was like when I went to... Ones, right? they, uh, everybody always grabs the Dutch brand ones, too. Oh, yeah. You know, like when I was in Holland uh, uh, years and years ago, uh, they had just gotten, uh, uh, I think it was Botanic Air Fertilizer and Fox Farm Soil, and they were stoked. They were like, oh, my God, we've got the stuff they're using in California. And I'm like, wow, all the people in California want to use BioBiz. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it, it was funny. It's always greener on the other side of the fence. Yeah. So um, one question on the bio super sill that would there be any reason to mix the full power still with that? Or is that already? No, kind of no it's already got uh, uh, enough uh, full of gas in it to where you don't need to add uh, any more uh, full power to it. 
even if you're mixing with other nutrients. And oh, uh, you you can add it in there with it, but if you're adding it, uh, uh, let's say you're adding it in with a uh, a water on solution, you can reduce the amount of full power you're using because you're adding uh, uh, biosupercell in with it. You know, so if you were going to use a uh, 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 full power in a solution at 15 mils, and you're going to be adding eight mils of biosupercell, you only need to add another you know, what is that seven mils of uh, uh, your full power to get you to the 15 mils of fulvic acid that you wanted to get in the first place. Got you, man. That's cool. Is there, do they have like a uh, um, availability on these things yet? I see, see that's a question a lot of people are going to have. That was one I had too. Um, I, mean, uh, I know you are, sent me some samples of it, but I don't know if it's getting out there to where. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we've actually, uh, uh, I've been, uh, that's actually my, uh, one of my big jobs at, uh, uh, a bioag is I got to go out there and uh, sell this stuff to the distributors. So it, uh, makes it down to the stores, you know, or, uh, if the, they don't want to take it, then I got to go to the stores and give it out to the people. So they make enough demand so that the, uh, distributors come to me and ask for it. Right. So, uh, so I've been doing that process for the last uh, year or so. And uh, uh, we've got uh, uh, three major distributors have picked up the entire line and uh, uh, they're available right now uh, on in just about uh, all parts of the country. You know, so I've got a, a place on the East Coast where it's going to be starting to be available very soon. And I've got uh, uh, two distributors on the, uh, the West Coast that have already got it uh, in stock today. You know, so we're going to slowly get there. And if anybody's having a hard time finding it, you know, uh, just go to the BioAg website and call the number, the 1-800 number at the bottom. You know, if it doesn't uh, go to my office, it'll go directly to my number. And I'll, if uh, you can't find it, I'll help you find it. You know, so there's plenty of places that can uh, help you get it through the mail. Or, uh, you know, if there's not a, a local store that has it close that doesn't have it, you know, then I can arrange for them to get it. You know, if there's not a, you know, we're registered in just about every state, you know, and if we're not, we're in the process of being registered there. You know, we've actually got a, a guy now specifically, that's all he does is he runs around all day, every day, getting our stuff registered, making sure that's registered all organic and making sure that's registered in every state we want to sell it in. You know, so, uh, you know, uh, we are coming soon to a theater near you, nice. you know, but uh, uh, it's just uh, it's just uh, getting it out there uh, uh, into the products all summer long. We're going to be doing vendor days and shows all over the country, you know, so keep an eye out for us. You know, and, uh, you know, ask your local hydro store, ask your, uh, you know, tell them to ask their distributor, you know, who's, you know, everybody carries full power, you know, everyone knows how to get it. It's just not everyone's carrying all of our new stuff uh, uh, as well, you know, and, uh, you know, I understand, you know, they've got, uh, you know, uh, why do you want to carry BioSuperSil, you know, which retails for $42 a quart when you've got, you know, pallets and pallets of this stuff that is uh, damn near $160 a liter, you know, that's going to replace that, you know, or you've got these other amino acid liquids, which are $350 for five liters, you know, and I got a $20 bag that's going to replace that, you know, so the, it's just good business for these distributors to, you know, uh, uh, you know, sell what they've got before taking on something that could reduce them. That's just good business. That's just, you know, that's just, you know, that is what it is, you know, but, uh, you know, but as, uh, you know, as uh, demand raises, you know, people will start to pick up our stuff and, uh, you know, we'll, you know, uh, all the distributors will, you know, get it eventually, you know, but, uh, you know, everyone, uh, you know, just about every place, uh, uh, you know, it's harder to find a place that doesn't carry full power, hasn't heard of it than uh, that doesn't, you right. know, so, uh, uh, you know, we're uh, slowly but surely spreading the word out there, you know, and getting it uh, uh, to as many people as we can, 
you know, well, so, uh, you know, uh, you know, anybody who's having a hard time, just, uh, you know, check out our website, you know, and if you can, you know, uh, we just uh, spent a whole lot of time redoing that uh, sucker. And uh, it's got a ton of information on there. You know, we've got a, a, a ton of great videos and testimonials on there and uh, just a, a bunch of great information. I know we're going to be having a, a great section. I don't know if it's currently up. But I, uh, but I know that they've been working on it for a while where they, uh, it's a conversion chart on how to take all of our dry uh, uh, amendments and make them into uh, uh, concentrated liquids, you know, if you prefer to use a liquid, you know. So if you don't want to buy the, uh, you know, if you want to buy the liquid uh, ion 14 or the liquid uh, uh, full uh, humix, buy the powder and make it yourself. You know, we, we can totally do that. You know, it's just there's certain products, uh, you know, like uh, full power where, you know, you know, I, I, we're going to work, you know, I, I know it's in the works to come up with some sort of a water soluble version. I just haven't worked with any water soluble fulvic acids that in my opinion work as well, or even hold a candle to the really high quality liquids that we can make, you know, but I just think that's how that fulvic, how the fulvic acid works, you know, but, but Hey, I, I, I would love to be proved wrong. And I'd love to see a, a powder, you know, you know, I'm all about not shipping water to people. You know, but, uh, you know, but some, some people and some farms and some places just like that liquid, you know, it's ease of use, you know, just drop it right in, drop a tube into it, set your doser to, you know, one part to 100, you know, and away we goes, you know, super simple, easy peasy. Yeah, you know? so I was going to say some of the dosers require that too, to be in a solution, you know. Mm-hmm. Or you know but uh you know but we'll have the information on how to take any of our you know like uh, our powdered aminos and turn that into one of these liquid solutions you know just like some of those very expensive solutions the difference is is that those expensive liquid solutions have got uh, uh stuff in there preservatives where your stuff mixed up at home won't so you got to use it within a certain amount of time and it'll say that on the recipe whether it lasts a month two months or or six months you know, but, uh, but that's the price you pay for mixing, uh, you know, an organic product with a liquid, something's going to go bad. You know, there is no genetic free ride. There's always a price to be paid. <laughs> no you know? So if you want a liquid, you can have a liquid, but you know, it might not sit as well on, uh, uh, on your shelf, but you know, it, it can be easier to use. Maybe it, it can go through your sprayer systems easier. Yeah. You, know, you, mentioned, I, you mentioned ion 14 and that's a little bit different product than the bio super. So like why, why is there, or what's the purpose or thought behind how oh, uh, the products? The the thought behind that is uh, with bio with uh, bioag we have two different silicas. We've got uh, uh, biosupersil, which is the nanolized silica fortified in fulvic acid, and then we've got ion fourteen, which is the monosilicic acid fortified in a humic acid. You know, it's designed for your root zone. You know, uh, uh, ion fourteen was originally designed as a powder by Dr. Faust as a large scale desalinization product. You know, so it rinses, helps, uh, uh, you know, desalt large scale farms. You know, so if you've been growing crappy corn in a field for a long time, you know, yeah. you help throw down uh, humic acid is already a great soil conditioner. Adding uh, uh, silica in there was just a natural uh, progression in Bob's eyes uh, to, uh, you know, add that into the soil. And now you're going to, you know, either uh, make that available food for the plant or so it flushes away, you know, uh, so you have a, a healthier, cleaner soil, you know, uh, when everything's said and done. 
you know so the idea behind it is that the you know you're uh, uh, instead of using a lot of one you know so you're, instead of using a lot of one uh, a type of uh, silica you're taking two different types and you're meeting them in the middle so you're watering with this one once every week or two and then you're spraying with this one every week or two but if you need to add more later on like if you want to have uh, you know like if let's say uh, you're in big containers and you've been really pushing the envelope for your yield with compost teas and maybe like one of those liquid uh, 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 grower bloom solutions from like BioBiz or one of those, you know, but you, you know, you got a lot of buildup in your soil. You can see it in your plant, you know, so you, you take some ion 14, you know, and you water with that, you know, a couple, three times, you know, between, you know, uh, let's say four weeks before harvest to three weeks before harvest to help loosen up that salt and that buildup that's happened in your soil. You know, and uh, uh, then you take uh, uh, plain water and you're watering with that no as you normally do. And that helps flush away the stuff that the iron 14 help loosen up in your soil. You know, it's kind of like using a salt leaching solution in a hydroponic uh, uh, environment, you know, but uh, but it's more for organic salts. There's a, a I actually used a wonderful product uh, from a, a company. Oh, what was their name? I, the, the product was called Spectrum DS. And it's a, a it's a, a it's a, a bacterial based a, 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 a desalinization product for again for large scale to, to help clean dirty farm dirt uh, and you know so uh, I take this stuff and I use it as a salt leaching solution for my organic soil you know and uh, in combination with my ion fourteen you know but ion fourteen because it has monosilicic acid in it uh, technically it can never be registered organic in North America. You know, because monosilicic acid can't be registered organic in North America. You know, it can in other countries, depending on how, where and what it's derived from. But uh, but uh, in North America, no. You know, they so categorize it as an orthosilicic. Is that? Uh, I I I'm not exactly sure how they classify it. I just know that monosilicic acid can never be OMRI listed. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I don't think potassium silica is either. So maybe no, no, it, it's it's classified just like potassium silica as a synthetic salt. Okay. You know, whereas the uh, nanolized silica, it is OMRI listed and it is uh, considered 100% organic. Nice. You know, but it just depends on which realm you're you're going to be in. You know, whether you're going to uh, be 100% organic or whether you're going to you know dip your toe into uh, something that is uh, potentially not an organic element. You know, right. I you know with certain especially when you're pushing the envelope with liquids, you know, liquid uh, organic solutions as opposed to living soils. I think that using products like that are absolutely necessary to get the quality that I expect, you know, but with living soils, you know, I don't really have to worry as much about salt buildup, you know, unless I'm reusing my soil, in which case I can blend that in with my soil, use products like Spectrum DS to reduce the salt load, uh, you know, and I'm good to go, you know, plus other products like, uh, uh, you know, uh, different types of uh, uh, wetting agents, you know, using uh, stuff like uh, 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 sprouted seed teas, or uh, uh, if you don't like to do the sprouted seed tea thing, there's always SLF 100 or hydrozyme, you know, using those enzymatic digesters on a regular basis to help prevent the buildup of uh, salt and sodium in your in your medium. Uh, I find that's absolutely crucial for high quality uh, cannabis with reused soil, you know, because the, the salt gets built up so fast, you know, as even with, uh, you know, fresh uh, soil that I get every, every with every batch, you know, sometimes my runoff at the beginning is damn near, you know, 2,500, you know, 3,000 parts per million. 
you know, so, you know, uh, I, I need that, uh, you know, uh, something in there to help, you know, flush away some of that extra stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, so it's a little bit more gentle on my plants, especially when they're really small, you know, so when I'm prepping my uh, highly amended soil for like my three by threes, I'm going to water them with my enzymes, you know, a, 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 a good wetting agent and probably a little bit of ion 14 to flush away some of that uh, stuff there. So when I put that little plant in there, there's not a ton of fertilizer that's there immediately, but after a week or so that, uh, you know, uh, that mycorrhizae is kicking and some stuff starting to go on down there, you know, and it's, it's going to start uh, uh, uptaking some of that food, but it's going to be a lot more gentle than having all that stuff that's instantly available to it right out the gate. You know, so that way I can use just my highly amended soil. I don't have to work with any blends or adding a, a soilless mix to it for, you know, a couple of pots and potentially have to worry about a pH fluctuation or not having enough fertilizer or too much, or this one has more and that one has less. It just makes the consistency in my garden a lot easier just having one bag of dirt. Yeah. yeah and it, like, <clears throat> I don't know, I guess a different technique, like I'm not ever flushing like the living soil either. So a lot of that, whatever, in my mind's eye, whatever I'm kind of adding in is, is uh, you know, going to be there, whether it's uh, getting used by biology or used by the plant. Mm -hmm. Kind of the interesting side of it is the effects that it might have on biology, but stimulating them, it should almost do something similar. Mm -hmm. That's like in, in, in a living soil system, I guess the way I think about a flush sometimes too is almost like you can adjust kind of blooms and, and in the biology that's happening in the soil because they're mm -hmm. when their colonies are expanding they're they're building and using all the same minerals and nutrients that the plant needs too you know what i mean so oh absolutely absolutely it's just making sure that you know like with with everything it's access that gets you you know think of it like uh, i always compare it to like a chalkboard that a professor has been writing on all day you know, at the beginning of the day, you can read it just fine. But by the end of the day, he's been writing shit all over that thing. You can barely make out what it is. It's just covered in chalk. You know, that's the salt building up on the roots by being, you know, you know, whether it's uh, uh, organic or inorganic, you know, the, you know, it's being broken down into a, a, you know, a type of a mineral salt being made available to the plant. And that coats the outside of the root in some sort of a, a, a film. You know, and that, uh, you know, that film is usually a salt or sodium of some kind, you know, and it just depends on, you know, what you chose for amendments will dictate what that buildup is, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, and sometimes you get a lot of it, you know, with uh, particularly dirty amendments, like we we're talking about the, the chicken manure and, you know, some of those, uh, you know, like uh, uh, using a lot of fish meals from, uh, you know, from dirty fish farms and stuff like that that are heavy in metals, a lot of that stuff will build up and you'll get excess sodium in your, uh, in your uh, 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 soils. And uh, that translates into not happy plants, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, especially after you've, uh, you know, done that uh, uh, turnover, you know, two, three times, you know, with that, uh, that stuff in there. You know, but, uh, you know, by using, uh, you know, a, a biostimulants and, you know, I, you know, using compost teas on a regular basis, you know, I find particularly using uh, sprouted seed teas on a regular basis, it really helps prevent, you know, a lot of the problems that can come with, uh, uh, you know, having those things in your garden to begin with, you know, because a lot of the time they're used in soils and there's nothing you can do about that. You know, I, you know, and a lot of the time I find some of those products to be beneficial as long as they're sourced ethically, you know, but a lot of the time, you know, if you go down to the local feed store, you know, you're probably not going to find the best quality fish meal that you can, you know, put in your cannabis garden. It'll probably work great for your tomatoes. It'll make them nice and pretty, you know, and it'd be a great juicy tomato at the end, 
you know, but, uh, you know, but your, your cannabis might not taste so hot using that same, uh, you know, uh, a fish meal from the, uh, from the feed store. You know, I'd rather get the, you know, the higher end stuff or, uh, you know, uh, or my, my favorite, you know, a crab or shrimp or, or uh, lobster, you know, uh, you know, those crustaceans, I find that, that, uh, you know, the, the added uh, uh, benefit of the, uh, oh, uh, uh, I never pronounce it right. Uh, uh, Titan. Titan. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, the benefit from that is just amazing. And, uh, you know, I found a couple of companies that make these, uh, uh, the powders where they take the, the shells and they grind them up to a really fine powder, either crab powder or, or shrimp powder, where it's a meal that's almost micronized yeah. and that stuff is just awesome. You know, uh, you know, I take a little bit of that and some amino acids and a little bit of TM seven and brew that for 12 hours with a, a little bit of worm castings. And, uh, uh, man, it's, uh, just about, uh, you know, it just makes them jump every time I hit them with it. I love that stuff. Yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. The, uh, Kaido San, I think is the, yeah. Kaido San for a while. And yeah. I guess I'm not sure if that was the micronized shells. I was never, I never looked into too much of it, but the Kaido San is like a result of the biological digestion of the chitin or whatever. Yeah. And it uh, like triggers immune system response and all this uh, really cool stuff. You know, I've, I've really been uh, stoked with the response. I've got like, a, a you know, uh, one of the things when I moved uh, uh, from uh, uh, the central Valley and uh, uh, you know, up North in Portland down to Eugene was, uh, you know, all of a sudden I went from having, you know, just a couple problems here or there with some, uh, uh, you know, spider mites once or twice a year to Holy shit. I got this powdery mildew problems. I got all this extra rain, you know, so, uh, you know, uh, you know, I found that, uh, you know, incorporating more of the silica, you know, in with my garden and uh, uh, the uh, the crab uh, uh, powder, uh, man, it, uh, it really turned my garden around. You know, I switched from using the insect frass uh, to over to that and uh, my plants loved it. That's interesting. Um, <clears throat> so I noticed uh, you sent me a few samples. So I got the cow amino and the uh -huh. multi amino and the nitrogen and um what I'm wondering, I did see that you had a boron one as well. And I'm just wondering uh -huh. if those are tailored to be used at a specific timing in the, in the plant cycle. Like, like you mentioned the multi-amino might bring on bud set earlier. Is that uh, Yes. You know, uh, uh, it all depends on, uh, uh, you know, again, uh, the other fertilizers you're using, but uh, you know, the, uh, the, the way I uh, 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 describe using them is you've got your, uh, the nitro amino, uh, which is a 1400 uh, uh, amino acid. Uh, and uh, I use it as my, uh, my uh, veg booster. You know, so anytime I need to kick them in, I need to make them green. I need to kick them in the ass and get them jumping. You know, that's what I'm going to be hitting them with. You know, if I got those heavy feeders and I'm trying to get them, uh, you know, to, uh, to stay green and stay happy for me, or if I've got those really gentle feeders and I need to, you know, very gently move them along, I can take a very, very little bit of nitro amino, put it in a foliar spray and I can spray it on there and I know they're going to be green and I know they won't burn, you know, uh, uh, you know, so I can gently touch them with it. I can just kiss them with the nitrogen. You know, then I've got my, anytime my plants have been in a container for more than a month, I love to use that calcium amino because it adds a ton, it adds a good amount of calcium to my soil, you know, which is, the, you know, a lot of it's depleted at that point, especially if you're going into a bed or raised bed or recycled soil, you know, so uh, I really find that uh, uh, having that, uh, that combination, in fact, one of the things that I want to uh, uh, work on is, a, a you know, a, a, a kind of a soluble uh, amino acid CalMag where it's got the calcium, magnesium, and a little bit of iron in there, you know, but, uh, but, you know, that, you know, one thing at a time, <laughs> but, uh, uh, 
but I find that uh, by by supplementing that after I've been in the, uh, any container, you know, like uh, whether it's a small container and I've been there for two weeks or whether it's like a larger, you know, uh, uh, you know, five gallon to 15 gallon after I've been in there for a month, if I uh, start incorporating the Calmino uh, once or twice a week, you know, at, uh, you know, half to quarter strength, I can stick out in that container for an extra half a month to a month that I couldn't have done without it. You know, where my plant stays nice and healthy and green, you know, sure, I'm going to get root bound and spun out in the pot, but you're not going to be able to tell by the top of the, the top of the plant. It's not going to yellow. It's not going to purple stripe on me. It's not going to get pissed off leaves. As long as I can keep up with the watering, I can keep it in that container as long as I need to, you know, and then what I was wondering about that, it's like 10% calcium. And I'm just like, what you're saying, watering into the soil. I'm wondering if that calcium is reactive at all with, uh, um, cause it, on the cation exchange spots, it can bump off potassium and there's different things. Uh, no, uh, because it's, uh, 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 because of the way they make the amino acids, it's already broken down. It's already available, you know? So when it gets watered on, it's right in there, right. you know? So it won't, uh, uh, to my knowledge, it won't, uh, uh, interfere with any of your other, uh, uh, uh uptake. You know, if, uh, if there's one thing uh, that we learned from uh, a nectar of the gods fertilizer, you can never use too much calcium. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, to a certain extent, like if, I mean, well, you, it just a certain you balance it, you at know? a time. Because what know? I've learned is it's a balance. It always kind of comes yeah. down to like a balance when people talk about that. There's like a calcium to, to potassium ratio that there's. Yeah. You know, especially in a living soil in bloom. You know, and when that gets thrown off, that's why a lot there's that misnomer that you can't get good yields in a living soil or with organics. No, it's it's that your balance of calcium and usually your pH is off. You know, and a lot of the times you have a you know too much salt. You know, in your medium. You know, by the time you get to the end of your cycle. You know, and if you can you know balance that out. You know, I find uh, uh, adding uh, soluble mycorrhizae and uh, uh, you know having uh, uh, using products like uh, uh, TM TM7 is one of my favorites you know, for, you know, loosening up that, uh, uh, that uh, middle number and making it available the whole time, you know, but I'm only using it again, you know, if I use it, uh, you know, let's say seven times in a whole plant's life, I'd, that'd be me using it a lot, you know, and that's a, a product that I only need to use it a quarter of a teaspoon per gallon, you know, every, you know, using it t- every two weeks would be using it a lot for me, you know, but every time I need one of those effects, you know, I, you know, I got something in my toolbox that I can use. You know, and if I know I need a lot of it, I can take something like soluble mycorrhizae. I can take, uh, you know, that and, you know, a, 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 a tiny bit of, you know, some sort of organic pea, you know, like, a, you know, a, a seabird guano or, you know, a mineralized rock phosphate, something that's available and mix all three of those together and, you know, really loosen up what I've got in the soil and make it more available now. You know, but it just depends on if I'm dealing with something that's outside that needs a dramatic amount of a food and a big effect right now, or something that's inside which needs much more of a gentle nudge in that direction. You know, and you know that's what the aminos I really like about it. You know, you can, you know, it's it's uh, not only a sledgehammer. You know, it, it's a it's a light tap. You know, it it can be a, a it can be a tack hammer. You know, not just a sledgehammer. You know, whereas a lot of the nitrogen out there, it's a sledgehammer, man. You know, and once you hit it, you can't take it back. You know, and, you know, once, once you use that, uh, that, uh, uh, that feather meal once, man, it's in there, you know, and you're going to taste it later, you know, right. and, uh, you know, I, I've done that too many times where I'm like, man, I'm stoked how this looks. I'm very not stoked on how this tastes. <laughs> so where would you apply the multi-aminos then? The multi-aminos uh, in, uh, particularly with recycled soil, I like to use that about once, uh, you know, 
if I'm not using my, uh, uh, my compost teas on a regular basis and I'm just uh, hand watering on uh, biostimulants, I'll use it uh, a little bit more heavy in uh, my later veg and my uh, early flowering, but I'll pretty much use a product like it or TM7 about once every two to three weeks uh, throughout my veg and early flowering, unless I see a deficiency in flowering that needs adjusting. Or if I do a soil test and I find them deficient in one of those things, that's what I'll use to bring it back into variance. You know, like uh, you brought up the, uh, we've got another uh, product called Boromina, where it's a boron supplement. You know, uh, Oregon soil is naturally deficient in boron. You know, so as uh, one of the uh, uh, first products we brought on for the farmers here in Oregon, uh, we brought on the soluble boron because a lot of farmers here in the valley, uh, Willamette Valley, need that uh, extra boron. And boron is a particularly hard to use, very dangerous uh, supplement. You know, solubore and uh, boron is one of the few uh, elements that goes right through your skin. You got to be careful as hell with all boron supplements, you know, even mine. You know, you, you make sure you wear those gloves and with, be this said with any powder, you know, any powder, be it uh, uh, organic or not, you need to wear gloves, you need to wear a mask, you need to wear uh, eye protection, this stuff is not to be played with, you will absolutely make yourself sick if you do not respect it. I've done it to myself in the past, you know, by uh, not wearing a mask, working with insect frass, I gave myself uh, a, a lung infection. I got bacterial pneumonia, you know, uh, you always coughing up blood and shit, sickest I ever been. You never want to be there, you know, and you get it all the same way by not wearing a mask and not, you know, protecting yourself when you're using, you know, powders. Powders are dangerous. It doesn't matter if it's amino acid, doesn't matter if it's calcium nitrate, you know, you know, respect that stuff and respect it by taking care of yourself, you know, and that's wearing gloves, a mask and glasses. You know, never, ever let that stuff touch your skin. And when it does, you wash it off immediately, you know, but, uh, but like I was saying before with the amino acids, uh, you know, with the boron, you know, we, we can have just about every and any type of micronutrient in uh, an amino acid, you know, so like we're going to have a magnesium amino acid, I'm going to have a magmino, I'll have an iron amino, I'll have a cal amino, uh, or I have a calamine, I'll have a copper amino, you know, so I'll have them in just about every micronutrient that's available, you know, and I'll also have them in several different blends, you know, like I will have a blend for blueberries, we'll have a blend for corn, you know, we'll have the micronutrient blend we have right now, that one's designed for cannabis and for corn, you know, so we, you know, that covers two crops in one, you know, but that profile is works great for that. You know, whereas uh, the profile with our TM7 and Cyto Plus, it's more of a specific to uh, a microbial stimulation. You know, whether that's in a compost tea, raw compost, or in your organic soil, that's what it's going to do. It's going to feed those microbes. So if you're using mycorrhizae and living soil, you feed that living soil with those products, you know, because it's just pure food for them. You know, they're going to metabolize that and whatever is the dominant species of mycorrhizae and bacteria in your soil, it's going to eat that stuff up and it's going to love it. You know, so you've already, you've already used your mycorrhizae, you know, now you're using the humic acid and the micronutrients to feed it with the seaweed throughout its life you know, and build it in the soil as you go along. Because it's, it's not easy to get mycorrhizae to have an effect in a container. You know, in a bed, that's a total different situation. You know, you've got a much more dynamic uh, uh, availability uh, to get that uh, uh, fungal growth going in your soil. Whereas in a container, you're, you're, you know, you got these little lone soldiers. The one, this one dries out faster than that one. You know, it's very, very hard to, you know, get a good, you know, like no-till situation going in containers, you know, if it's even possible at all. But that doesn't mean that living soil isn't awesome in containers. It absolutely is. 
you know, and, and I absolutely, you know, that's the way I like to do things, you know, and I like to, you know, reuse my soil as much as humanly possible, you know, but, uh, you know, but it just depends on, you know, how lazy versus, you know, like I said, I'm spoiled. I got a guy who makes soil in my, in my town and I don't always feel like turning it. And I always, always feel like composting it, you know, especially when I can go over and get it for 25 bucks a bag, you know, and just fill them up and just add water, you know, little fulvic acid, little amino acid, call it good. You know, it's but, uh, tough, man, to, to reuse. And like, uh, you know, the, the big, I guess the thing that kind of dawned on me with reusing it is like, well, duh, we grow these big bushes out of this pot, you know what I'm saying? Like, and all these nutrients went into making every cell that was in that plant and the root, you know, and then, you, you know, so it's kind of, it, it has been eye opening for me. Like now I, I do soil testing every time. So like, oh, yeah two times around i'm kind of taking a soil test so it's like it's been yep. interesting to see the micronutrients disappear like manganese iron copper those have been on every test almost like those absolutely needed and to the point now where I've, i had i had been watering in like um i've been watering in the sulfates at transplant mm. and then if and if it's required at the next test i'll kind of water it in but mm. um just an interesting side note when I use the multi-amino that's one of the first ones I tried because I knew those were on my soil mm -hmm. test already as being low and, and that's kind of what I was getting from what you were saying is if not everybody's going to need the boron amino mm -hmm. you know right you only need that if you're short in boron exactly so these are kind of being tailored to filling in the gaps a little bit more yeah and so certain things right exactly so, you know, okay. like, uh, you know, like in a perfect world, you know, instead of bioag coming out with like, let's say a, you know, cow mag, that's all in one solution, you know, in, in what I would like to do is I'd like to sell you a bag of calcium, magnesium, and iron and have directions on the back on how you can blend it yourself, you know, to get different types of cow mag. So you can have one that's higher in magnesium, less in calcium, higher in iron, less in calcium. It just depends on what that soil test tells you. You know, that's why I love those little $35 soil tests you get online. You know, I, I have such a, a proponent of those things. I love them to death. I think every garden should have, them. you know, and, uh, you know, you check that soil at least once a cycle, man. It'll make a huge difference in your, in your quality of your soil and your quality of your garden. Like where with most people, I think they get in a routine of like, okay, every round I'm going to add this, this, and this, you know, or a cup of that, a cup of that, and a half cup of this, or, and then it's just kind of gets routine to where you're adding that in. But like, yeah, the testing kind of like, yeah, you don't need any more of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like you don't yeah, need any like, more of that. So why keep adding it? Cause you're good. Exactly. You know? So that's, that's the part that you can't really see when you're trying to guess at some of that. And, oh, yeah. uh, like with the manganese too, uh, uh, one of the biggest things I notice, and it's uh, you do see the plants perk up in a response to it, but it's not one where you would be like able to look at a plant and go, "That's mag manganese deficient." You know what yeah, I'm saying? Dude, this I... is not a visual cue. Once no. you see it and you see the plant respond to it, you it's almost like a gl inner glow kind of. Is how I was looking at it, you know, and it's it's interesting response to it, but. Yeah, it's really cool when you get those, uh, uh, you get these real specific deficiencies in that living soil, and then you figure it out, and then you hit them with that right one, and then you come back and check them the next day, and they're just 
completely different than they were the day before. It's like, oh, you know, it's like uh, turning the lock on a uh, on a door and it just clicks and you're like, oh, there it is. You know, now they're stoked and I don't have to do a thing and I know they're going to be fine for the rest of the month. You know, I love that, you know, whereas with the, you know, my hydro system is like, oh, flush it. Oh, problem. Flush it. Go back to the fertilizer. You know, add this, add that. Okay, we're okay. Whew. You know, then check it tomorrow. Still, still sweating bullets. Still, you know, biting, biting fingernails. You know, because it all could go south tomorrow. Well, and that's where, like, you know, a lot of the living soil guys won't want to use uh, whatever. They just want to do everything all natural, and I understand that. But, but in a lot of cases, you can jumpstart systems, like what you were just saying. If if you know, it's almost like hitting the key to the lock, right? If you get oh, everything absolutely. right in it, and what you give them, what what they were missing it's it's that law of minimums you know so you're you're only going to hit production to your lowest minimum input you know well i, I hear a lot of uh, uh like no-till guys talk about you know why well, I, I i quit the bottle i don't buy any liquid bottles well you know i i, I kind of like that you know I, I like your your admiration you know but i want to see you quit the right bottles you know, and, you know, and certain certain bottles are fine. You know, but you know, I want to see. I don't want to see you buying. Uh, you know, uh, uh, two hundred seventy gallon totes. I want to see you buying five gallon jugs. You know, I want you to use it as efficiently as you can where you need to. It's not how much you can use; it's how little you can get by with, and using it as efficient as efficient as you can. You know, uh, you know, the wastefulness in cannabis farming is just incredible. You know, it's, it's been a, a huge problem in our industry for years and years and years, and it's finally starting to be addressed in some way, you know, but the, the amount of waste that they use, the, you know, the overuse of potassium and phosphorus, the overuse of nitrogen, you know, the amount of runoff that these people, the amount of rock wool that they're throwing into the garbage, even when they recycle half of it, I mean, my goodness, you know, you know, 10,000 rock wool blocks every week going into the garbage, you know, on top of, you know, you know, 50 bags, you know, on top of you have to put a plastic tag on every single plant, you know, and, uh, you know, at the end of the year, you got a 600 pound uh, uh, a box full of tags that you had to tag all your plants with in a relatively small garden. It's freaking disgusting. Right. You know, it's not the reason that we all got into this, you know, I, you know, when, you know, like I was, I was having this conversation with a, a regulator. He was a guy who worked for the state in, uh, I think it was in Nevada. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he's one of the people that checks on uh, gardens and stuff. And, you know, uh, I think I was talking to him outside of MJ Bizcon and he's like, oh yeah, you know, we have to keep all the regulations tight on all this cannabis thing. I was like, why you don't do that with, uh, with legal heroin. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you know, you know, that there's legal, you know, legal poppy, you know, that's what they use to make morphine. Those guys are in, it's the same family in Turkey or whatever that's been doing it for a hundred years. You think they got to tag every plant? You think some state in the United States has got a camera on them watching them grow their poppy? No, they're growing heroin for the medical industry. You know, and they have less regulations than we do in the weed industry. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Disgusting. The politics of it's going to be an ongoing battle. It's always been. Always. We've come a long ways though, I think. In, absolutely in a lot of respect so i do i do uh appreciate all the people that stay on the forefront of that because that's uh i know they pull sneaky tricks and we got to have our our uh, people at our watchdogs so to speak for that yes. so it's always good and uh one one thing i've been kind of curious too do you guys do anything in the realm of like a potassium or what would you consider like a potassium type supplement um 
a lot of the times, well, it depends on what you're trying to get for your potassium, whether you're trying to source uh, a uh, the raw available potassium or whether you're trying to get the potassium that's already in your soil made available. You know, a lot of the times potassium is used at a very much access, you know, even in organic gardens. You know, a lot of the times you already have a ton in your soil. It's just about being, you know, it's just hard to make it available, you know, but there's specific things you can use to make it available in, you know, that are biostimulants, you know, using mycorrhizae, you know, fulvic acids, you know, uh, and uh, 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 fixed microbes are three of my favorite ways of making what little you have work as efficiently as you, as you need, you know, but uh, you know, as far as like a water soluble, like amino, uh, 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 potassium, uh, it, uh, from what I understand, uh, it, uh, it, it, that element will not work that way uh, because of its uh, uh, charge from what I've been told, but I, I don't quite understand that. So, so I don't want to speak on that too much. But, uh, but when I'm looking for uh, uh, that middle number, it used to be, it was all uh, guanos. You know, that was my favorite source, but that wasn't, uh, you know, very ethically a good thing to do, you know, uh, because of the way that they harvest those, uh, those mines. So, uh, you know, that's not a, a great thing to do on a big scale. You know, even though it's, uh, you know, I, I love the results I get from it. I, I had to give up my back guano, you know, uh, but uh, seabird guano, uh, is uh, uh, readily available, and uh, they can mine that in Peru without damaging any uh, uh, natural habitats or hurting any things like they do with the bats. So I have no problems using a uh, 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 seabird guano uh, that's uh, uh, high in peat. You know, that's one of my favorite sources uh, uh, to use. Uh, uh, there's another uh, uh, company that makes a product. Uh, I'm not sure where they source their pea from, but. Uh, but I've used it in the past and it's, uh, I know they use a couple different types of aminos in it. I believe it's available from Soil Builder uh, and it was like a 2-11-2 and it was some sort of a water soluble bloom stimulant. It, uh, it worked fantastic. You know, uh, I really was stoked on it. I think it works great, but I love those uh, uh, build a soil guys. Uh, I think they do uh, uh, some uh, great work. You know, yeah, they're really nice. Cool. Yeah, it is. They, a lot of that's, spurred a lot of uh more people into organics and like dry mm -hmm. amendment type stuff and so absolutely so he was mm -hmm. putting out a lot of info on that that's great yeah i i got uh you know i was uh like i said i was i was originally a hydro guy you know i'm a i'm an organic soil convert you know uh uh but uh you know i just you know and, and i would have never admitted it uh, years ago you know i was all about you know, hydro is better and you know, uh, the soil's dirty and you, know, you get the bugs and, you know, it doesn't yield right. And, you know, and, you know, you, after you do it long enough, you're like, wow, this is just so much easier. And I'm getting the same yields or better than I was getting before. And damn it, I'm just not working as hard. You know, uh, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, you know, I, I still bust out the hydro system at least, you know, once a year or so just to, you know, tinker with it in the winter time, you know, but uh, nine times out of 10, it's all, you know, all living soil. You know, just because it, you know, the, the biggest thing that I noticed with my garden was uh, the shelf life of my pot. You know, I, you know, what, you know, what, when I was using chemicals with my outdoor halfway through the next year, my stuff turns to hay, you know, my organic stuff, if I jar it properly, you know, it, I got stuff from last year that's just fine today. You know, I got stuff from the year before that's almost good, you know, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, it, uh, uh, you know, I, I just really uh, uh, couldn't believe how much it changed my garden, uh, switching it uh, from uh, a mostly mineral based uh, to all organic living soil uh, uh, system uh, made uh, uh, in how just how long it lasts. 
you know, I mean, you know, how quickly it, you know, loses its color, how quickly it turns brown and, and uh, loses its uh, uh, flavor in terms of that just generic hay smell. No. You know, and That's then uh, incorporating fun. different, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say one of, one of the things I was wondering too, like, um, just kind of popped in my head, sorry to shift the topic again, but, That's okay. but um, Harley Smith from, was always talking about amino acids. That was one of the first guys I really heard talking. He's, uh, I forget the company now, but they, they were doing a dry amend too. And, and uh, one, of the, one of the benefits he talked about was the rate of calcium uptake improving. And, uh, and I'm just wondering if that's something that so you would have to supply that extra calcium. Is that one of the ideas behind the cal amino too? It's like, um, from what I understand, uh, 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 the amino acids themselves have got a com- uh, a uh, relationship with a lot of, with most elements that they uh, uh, make them more available. You know, just like a humic acid does, there's some sort of an effect there that I I'm still learning and I don't quite understand it. But from what's been explained to me, uh, it will complex uh, 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 calcium, uh, uh, nitrogen, phosphorus and uh, several different types of micronutrients just like a, a a humic acid or a fulvic acid will you know not to the same degree but uh if you were to use that it's you know it's not relying on any one thing for your uptake you know so it's not just relying on the mycorrhizae in your soil it's not just relying on your compost teas it's not just relying on just fulvic acid or just humic acid or just amino acids it's a combination of all of these elements used together you know in little bits that add up to a whole big result at the end to where you're not overusing any one thing and paying the price for the overuse of that one product. You know, so you're, you know, never, you know, you know, you know nature hates it, uh, monocrop or uh, individual solutions for anything. You got to have multiple solutions and multiple answers for, it. you know, everything, you know, like when I'm building a soil, I never have one source of anything. I have at least three sources of everything. Three sources of nitrogen, three sources of phosphorus, three sources of potassium, three sources of micronutrients, three sources of uh, uh, calcium, you know, and, uh, you know, sometimes it's products that double up that I was going to use anyway. Sometimes it's not, you know, but, uh, you know, that way you make sure you're not missing anything, you know, and then you stack those together depending on, you know, whether you got a long-term soil, whether that's going to be going outside or it's going to be something short-term indoors and you need those to burn out relatively fast. You know, or if you're going to reuse it endlessly, you just go for what's going to last the longest, you know, build that stuff tight and, you know, make sure your worms are happy and off to the races we go. Oh, I think I lost your. Uh... Shit, I was on mute there. I had to oh, do that at least once for the show, you know. What I mean? oh, no worries. <laughs> Keep it going. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh... The, the amino acids, like, um, I guess in my mind's eye, like a lot of that stuff in a cell has to go across the, um, an electrical barrier almost. And the way I was kind of picturing it in my head is that certain elements have electric, like charges to them, almost like a magnet, a magnet would. And some yeah. of these chelating agents are kind of almost like covering up the one repelling part of the magnet so that it can be pulled in easier it can go across that and i know that's not at all accurate to how it no, happens no, it's, but it's, it's, that's it's my like picture in my head you yeah, know what I'm or it's like, like a like a gear you know and uh you know that gear grabs on the elements that attach to it and that's what drags it through yeah you know, that's how uh, uh bob uh, used to describe a uh, uh, humic acid to me simply 
you know, because, you know, that was the one thing is I could always get a good exclamation from Bob, but I was like, okay, now I got to explain that to someone who doesn't understand anything you just said. Okay. So now explain it to me like I'm really dumb, you know, stick figures go, <laughs> you know, and that's where uh, uh, me and Bob kind of met in the middle is, you know, I kind of took his, uh, you know, uh, uh, science and helped bring it down to where I could explain it to just about anybody from, you know, Salem, yeah. you, know, and, you know, they could get it, you know, but, uh, but I noticed that, uh, you know, when I started selling stuff in my store, you know, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, people that were, you know, unsuccessful gardeners were using less fertilizer to get much higher quality. And all of a sudden, you know, they're growing better stuff than the guy who brought them into the store, you know, because they're just following the directions. And, uh, you know, they're simply paying attention to their plants and not following this recipe that's, uh, you know, become dogma in their life, because the feeding chart says I must do, I must do. You know, so it says today that I'm using A, B, and C at, at you know, X, Y, and Z, and I, that thus it says, and thus shall it be done, you know, and, uh, you know, that's not necessarily, you know, sure, you, you can compartmentalize everything like that, and you can try to put all your plants in this one little box, but all you're going to get is that little box, and everything that comes out of it's going to be the same, you know, or it's going to taste the same, it's going to look the same, and it's not going to be as good as it potentially could be. You know, the yeah. whole point of this is to get as good of uh, genetic expression as humanly possible, you know, with as high quality and, you know, uh, best uh, flavor as you can get, you know, without, uh, you know, poisoning you or your friends. So under under that mindset of like how I was describing that, um, is that indicate if that is how it works, is that kind of how it so the, the organic acids are getting used up is what I'm kind of getting at. So as a plants taking up nutrient it's 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 using up the organic they're not just like they're because like i know an enzyme well, like can a, multiple like thousands and thousands of reactions it can catalyze is that similar with a uh with uh, uh well with like uh the uh with the fulvic acids you know they're relatively there and they're gone so you have to reuse those on a very regular basis whereas with the humic acid uh, you know it you can you uh, a, a portion of it is insoluble and it's designed to be that way so it goes into your soil adds carbon to it and helps feed those microbes and sticks around you know so it helps hold on to that uh, you know that's where the soil conditioning part of humic acid comes into effect you know where it helps stick together better and it helps hold on to those stuff like nitrogen you know so it's used slowly and available so it's not flushing into the water and being wasted you know, so you get the full use out of it without, you know, overusing it. Awesome, man. I think we covered a cool. wide range. We're a couple hours deep in here. I don't know if there's anything. So. Uh, I know I, I did want to say you, you were mentioning that you guys were building a new facility or a, a, a new a building at the. Factory. Yes, yes. Uh, we're bringing everything under one roof. Uh, right now, we've got uh, two separate facilities, one for our uh, liquid uh, products and one for our powders and uh, we're going to be bringing that all under one uh, one big beautiful roof here hopefully in the next year as uh, we slowly get everything uh, put together you know uh, building industrial uh, stuff is uh, not a fun task you know uh, the buildings go up very quickly it's just uh, getting the guy to sign the paper so you can get the okay first we need the foundation and then we need the electricity and then we need the water and once those four guys can all meet together and get something going then you can put up the building but uh but that uh yeah we're we're working on it you know uh hopefully we'll be there uh by uh this fall uh but uh, uh but as soon as that happens uh it'll help a world with uh, all our new uh, products and uh this is just the beginning 
you know, we've got a whole bunch of cool new uh, biostimulants coming. You know, it's all going to be along the same line. It's either going to be, you know, uh, well, we got a, a couple more of the uh, stuff like Humix and stuff like that. But everything uh, after that, it's going to be all really cool biologicals, you know, different uh, living stuff, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, be it uh, uh, fixing uh, bacterias and different types of stuff like that. But uh, very, very cool stuff that uh, I can't wait to tell you about. You know, uh, uh, that uh, is going to change a lot of stuff if it works. I'm either going to have a really good story about how it didn't work and uh, a very funny story on why it uh, killed everything, or I'll have a great story on how it works awesome. One of the two. But uh, but we got some really cool stuff coming down the pipe uh, for uh, biostimulants. And uh, uh, we're going to keep on coming at it. You know, we've had uh, the same about, uh, I think, uh, six or seven products for, uh, you know, uh, about 15 years. And this year we added uh, about a half a dozen. And we're going to add more and more uh, coming up, you know, and uh, we're going to keep on focusing on, uh, uh, you know, high quality biostimulants that, uh, you know, you, you, you've got plants you like to grow and you know the fertilizer you like to, to use with them. We're going to help you use it better. We're going to help you uh, use it more efficiently, you know, so either you get more out of your product or you get more quality out of your plant, you know, either way, we'll help you get there. Nice, man. Do you want to shout out the Instagram or ways guys can get a hold of you? Uh, yeah, uh, we've got, uh, uh, I'm, uh, so not good at the social media. Uh, uh, we've got our, uh, uh, bio I'll start it out for you. It's the please, underscore please OG bioag or OG underscore bioag. That's the official one that I, yes, found. yes. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, if you want to check out any of our, uh, uh, fantastic products, I know that they're available through, uh, uh, Spare Time Supply, and uh, uh, they're located in uh, Willits, California. I know they're also available through a company in uh, uh, um, Milwaukee, Oregon called Concentrates, and uh, they ship all over the country, uh, and uh, they'll be glad to uh, have your business uh, if you look them up, you know, but that was Concentrates in Milwaukee, Oregon. Well, we but, got uh, 85 watching right now, and there's a few of them asking for uh, if there's samples available or for anything. Uh, uh, there are some samples available. Uh, you know, I would uh, say uh, talk to your local store and have them contact BioAg. You know, we've been sending uh, store kits out uh, all summer long, and I'll be sending out more of them. You know, if you have a, a, a vendor day that's uh, real popular in your area, you know, where a lot of people show up, I'd be glad to show up and give out samples and talk BioAg stuff. You know, so uh, get a hold of me. Uh, I'm available all summer. You know, I'll be out there at the shows. Uh, you know, come and see me at uh, MJ BizCon in uh, in the fall, and uh, definitely come check us out at uh, the Willet Show in uh, August. You know, we'll be doing the uh, the vendor day at Spare Time Supply. They've got a fantastic show on the weekends. I believe it is uh, in mid August. I believe the oh, I want to say it was the I don't want to get it wrong. I say the 12th or 13th or the 13th and 14th of August. But, uh, but come and check us out. You know, we'll, we'll uh, uh, you know, hang out and have a good time. Awesome, man. I'll let you sign out, and then I'm going to close the, the show out or whatever. And uh, I definitely appreciate your time. And Hey, and, no problem, uh, man. I, I, uh, I had a great time. Awesome. I appreciate that. Cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate everybody hanging out and uh, the Granite takeover here. And uh, we'll probably shut her down and fire up a uh, – um, wormhole or weed nerd world and uh, kick, get things kicking off. Um, yeah, big fan of Dr. Faust, big fan of uh, uh, Josh for coming on and talking about some of this stuff. Um, 
and uh yeah i hope uh i hope you guys do get some samples of it or whatever but i was pretty excited it's uh just in the realm of the the silica world so um uh, pretty awesome and uh seemed like there was something else genius i had to say but i, I can't think of it now i'm losing my train of thought but uh, anyway i hope everybody has a great rest of the week and i i hope you guys can uh do something to help somebody around you and uh hope johnny's feeling better out there i heard he came home today so shout out to that and uh yeah i appreciate everybody uh 